So tell me, did you miss this sexy smile? You know you did. All right. You know you did. Don't lie at home. Welcome, everyone. I know you're all here for the spice today. Spicy, spicy show, spicy guest, I have to say. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, here's a rundown. Liberalism versus conservatism. Ooh, that's going to be good. The red pill movement, the manosphere. What's going on over there? Is it good for men? Is it bad for men? Andrew Tate, good for men? Bad for men. College. Is college a scam? Y'all know I taught some college, so I have a pretty strong opinion on that one. We'll see. Gender activism. What about puberty blockers for kids, good or bad? Abortion. Hmm, Let's dig into that a little bit. All the controversial topics are on the table, and I am going to do it with a very, very, very special guest who is in the house. I was about to call by the wrong name, but I got it right. Stephen Bonnell is here, also known as Destiny. Destiny is the name that made you famous, though, I it have is. to say. So if I said Stephen Bonnell, people might be like, who? They'll, they'll know who I am. <laughs> they'll know who you are. Uh, why Destiny? Before we even dig into topics, why did you decide? And why do so many people in the YouTube space have an alternate name that they use? Do you know why? Well, I mean, a lot of us kind of grew up like on the internet playing video games and stuff, and you're not going to put your real name as a video mm-hmm. game name. So I'm lucky that I kind of aired on the, it's just like a noun, Destiny. It's kind of funny, but like some people are like, you know, like XXX Child Slayer, XX, like <laughs> right. at, at least I don't have like a name like that. Like, oh, like, you know, Darth Lord Murderer, you know, 69 is here to talk in the studio. I don't have to, yeah. Although so. that would be an interesting intro, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to get into a little bit of everything today, and I wound up, you know, pulling some clips of you on other shows to kind of intro the conversation. Ambush me on the show? Okay, well, I think geez. it's cool. To, uh-huh. No, I mean, I, I think it's interesting to hear what you've said, and then sometimes you being able to contextualize it in person creates mm-hmm. a more interesting conversation, because a lot of people watch these little clips, and then they develop a perception. But I love having the person to say, mm, this is actually what I meant, or that's 100% what I meant, or gotcha. whatever. And we're going to talk about some politics, too. A quick question before we get into any of this stuff. And we're going to start with Andrew Tate, mm-hmm. Chad. I know you're excited about that. But politically, because we will get into politics, how do you do you define yourself politically? Do you label yourself as? On this show, I'm going to be very far left. OK, <laughs> so but, but would you align yourself with, would you say I'm far left if someone asked you? Depends on who's asking. Um, the political spectrums on the internet and in real life are kind of very skewed today. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in like a conservative audience or like a, a real life center right audience or center audience, I'm probably going to be pretty far left. Um, if I'm on the internet, um, I'm anything from center left to fascist. It just depends on who I'm talking to. Because like, I'm not a communist, I'm not a socialist. I'm very much like an avowed capitalist. Um, but I believe like in, I love big government, I love big pharma, I love education and all of that stuff. So I guess like under Bush, I would have been like a far left Democrat. But okay. today I'm like- So you like, like the bigs. You're a liberal all who the likes bigs. all the bigs. Yeah, so when you oh. talk about like big pharma, big educate, oh. big, I love all of those things. Oh, awesome. Because yes. those are the things that I daily rally against. That's good. the system That's as good. far as right. I'm concerned. Well, I'm here to, so I'm here to defend ta- them. Okay. I'm here to take them out. Okay. <laughs> Gotcha. That's my. Right. If I take out the bigs, and by that I mean big government, big pharma, in large part some of what big tech does, mm-hmm. I think that I'm I'm helping to create a better country. So we'll definitely have some clashes there. Okay. But I love that. I love that description. Oftentimes I'll ask people politically, like, who do you align yourself with? Sometimes I feel like that's a good indicator. If they say an AOC or a Bernie Sanders, that's very different from a more moderate Democrat. If they say a John McCain type. Um, as opposed to, I don't know, a Ted Cruz, I feel like that gives some people a context. Is there any politician that, for example, you get to have your pick before, when we're not gonna start with politics, but you get to have your pick 
who runs in the next election? Is there someone that you're thinking that's the guy, that's the lady? Um, okay, I'm internet brain, so everything you tell me, I'm going to over uh, qualify and everything. So if that gets annoying, just let me know. So in terms of who would win, political strategy, it has to be Biden has to run again. You don't want to lose the incumbent. He's not advantage, running right? again. He's absolutely going to run again. He's going to run and win again. Oh he's man, gonna, I already see how much I'm running again. He absolutely. Destiny, will. he doesn't even know. I called you Destiny. I know I'm supposed uh -huh. to. Be, so he doesn't even know who he is or where he is most of the yeah, time. Yeah, he's still so got definitely. like ten times more legislation passed in two years than Trump did. His entire four years in office. Audience, Isn't that crazy? Oh my goodness. <laughs> not running we're gonna um, get into politics yeah, okay, yeah, but is right. there someone that you um that you... i like i the problem is that like i i, I have some like i um i was born and raised in nebraska omaha okay, okay. so i'm a little bit um i don't want to say all over the place in positions like i align with a lot of the biden harris agenda mm. I, I like a lot of what they're doing, but there are some things that I don't like. Um, for instance, I'm not a big fan of a lot of like gun control stuff. Uh, something I'm very critical about Trump about for passing more gun control legislation than almost any politician I think in the past 20 or 30 years has. Mm -hmm. um, so gun control stuff is something I'm not a big fan of. Um, the education stuff I'm kind of like iffy on. Uh, but for the most part, like the I like the government spending and related to green energy. I like the infrastructure bill. Um, I, I like the foreign tax policy. Tax policy, all um, of that. Tax policy, yep. Okay, mm -hmm. okay, interesting. All right, I'm curious to see what you'll mm -hmm. say on some of these political topics. I want to start with, and by the way, the chat, please get lively, get feisty. If you agree with me, great. If you don't, you hate what I'm saying, you agree with Steven, great. Chime in. Tyler's here. Top G is in the house. He's back. <laughs> you know I was going to embarrass you. Tyler's here. He's going to be checking in with you. Hit that subscribe button and hit that like button as you go along to let us know if you like the spicy. You know you can count on me for the spicy. Let's start with Andrew Tate. So we have a clip. Um, I believe this was from Fresh and Fit that I saw this where you were talking about whether Andrew Tate is good for men. Mm -hmm. I want to pull just a little bit of it and then have a larger conversation about that because he's a very influential figure. Mm -hmm. Love him or hate him. He's making a big impact. So sure. let's take a listen. For the guys or not, in your opinion, and why? I'd say absolutely not. Not okay. Okay. Well, why is that? I think that the I think that the idea of masculinity and success and fulfillment that's being sold by a lot of people on the right, I think, leads to the same type of spiritual wasteland that you're trying to like pull these young men out of. I would say. Like when I look at somebody like um, Andrew Tate, or even like for you guys, or and anybody that talks about red pill stuff, it always feels like your big markers for success are how many women can you get, how much money can you make, what kind of cars do you drive, and at the end of the day, I just I don't know how old you guys are, but like when I think back to the things I've had in my life, like I don't like remember the third you know new iPhone I got. I don't remember like when I got my new car. Like how it was cool for like a week, but like there are memories that you make with other people. There are okay. things you achieve. We can stop it there. Okay, so that's interesting to me that commentary. Mm -hmm. So I myself don't, when I look at Andrew Tate and a lot of what he's saying, I myself am not interested in the fancy cars. Like that doesn't appeal to me, right? I always joke that I sold all of my designer clothes when I left Kit Network, but I spend money on other things. I spend money on food. I order my food directly from farms, et cetera. What I hear in their messaging is money is freedom. Money is the power to build the life you want for yourself. So yeah, they may choose to spend it on cars. They may choose to spend it on homes. They may get a little bit flashy with that at times. Some of them, not all. But to me, that means build a life where you have the freedom to have mobility, to your businesses get locked down in New York or California during the lockdown. You can pick up. You can go somewhere else because you have the financial means to do it. So I see it less as showy and more like money is power. That's just a reality. So get yourself some. And to me, that's a smart message. The issue that I have is they don't ever talk about what to do after you've got the thing. 
And that's kind of the thing that worries me. So for instance, if you go to a lot of these red pill communities, a lot of them will tell you how to get girls, but they don't tell you how to maintain a relationship. A lot of them will tell you kind of how to get money, but they don't tell you like what's a wise way to spend it. It's it, it's always kind of the same, um, um, this nebulous like get a lot of money and then invest in real estate, whatever that means, which I don't even know how available that is to the average person or uh, get a lot of money using weird stuff like crypto or you know this drop shipping, whatever kind of online stuff. Or it's really important to get a lot of money, but colleges for losers don't do that, which is like the most reliable way to to build a career and get money. We're going to get to college because uh, I also, good. by the way, taught college and think it's an enormous scam in large parts. Oh my so gosh, that'll be a I fantastic love college. So that'll be a great, <laughs> yeah, that'll be a great discussion too. So yeah, that's always kind of my issue is that like on one end they'll say, well, money is freedom and you know, it represents the mm-hmm. ability to do whatever you want. Okay, we'll do what? Like, I, I feel like I don't see these, I don't get all these videos of these Red Pill guys where it's like, I've got a lot of money and it's really cool because now I can take uh, both my kids on vacation twice a year. Like, that's really fun. Or I've got a lot of money, so I only have to work four days a week and on the fifth day a week I do like this. I go hiking with a girlfriend or something. Um, I, it, it, I Sometimes I wonder if there's a, kind of like a bait and switch that happens because whenever I watch these guys on their platforms and whenever I look at their audiences and I see what they're typing, mm-hmm. all of it seems to be highly materialistic it is incredibly material driven but then when I get on their shows and I push them a little bit they're like oh okay well it's not all about the money you know you just get the money for freedom mm-hmm. but then when I take a step back and I'm not there anymore and I'm looking at what they're doing they're posting stories with new cars they're posting fabulous vacation spots mm-hmm. um, it's all of the like hyper materialistic stuff that conservatives used to be critical of um, and, I, and I guess liberals are still uh, critical of depending on who you're talking to so yeah I guess that's my issue with it if, See, I if they push care. the message you I don't, don't care about care. what I don't care if they like to me it's not I don't care if you want to be materialistic fine what I do care about is a society that's self-empowered to get money for mobility and for personal responsibility and your own building your own life so I don't I, you know, I don't care if they prioritize. Like if Andrew Tate decides that he wants to prioritize materialistic possessions, I don't even know if that's true. Mm-hmm. But I do have seen photos of him in front of the fancy cars or I'll mm-hmm. see, you know, his brother I follow on Instagram and I'll see, you know, stories that clearly portray a luxurious lifestyle. To me, though, for the average person, the average person's looking at that and saying, well, hell yeah, if I have the option to not have that stuff or to have that stuff, yeah, I'd want it. Maybe I wouldn't buy that car. Maybe I wouldn't buy that house. But I want the option and the opportunity to get there. And that's what, the, to me, that a lot of that messaging is about opportunity. It's like, go out and make your money. Be financially stable. Be financially secure so you can build whatever beautiful life you want for yourself. This is what mine looks like. Yours doesn't have to look like that, but it can be incredible because money does buy power and influence and mobility, and that's just a reality of dealing with the modern world. None of those things are happiness, though. None of those things are fulfillment. Um, I think this is the issue that I have. If Andrew Tate wants to do his individual stuff with money, that's fine, but we're not talking about what he does. We're talking about the message he preaches, right? And in a way, we're all in this kind of arena of ideas with our own messages mm-hmm. competing with other people. So here's the issue that I have with Andrew Tate's message. Um, my mom came over from Cuba, I think, when she was four or five years old, so mm-hmm. half of my family is Hispanic. I have a lot of um, family that live in like Hialeah, um, kind of like these poor sections of Miami. And um, I have watched firsthand, I love them to death, but I've watched my parents fall into like the American dream trap, which is this idea of like getting bigger houses, getting mm-hmm. more cars, where you make a little bit more money, you spend a little bit more money, you get a raise, you get a new bill. Everything you're doing is pushing the boundaries of what it means to be happy. Mm-hmm. And when I look at where all of my family is and all the different types of family members that I spent time with, if I go to my very... Um, I don't know if I call it my white or my American side of my family. When I go over here and I visit these people, they have massive, beautiful houses. They've got two or three cars in the front. 
Um, both of my parents started collecting Social Security early. My dad works full time, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he has a full Air Force pension, despite the fact that he's getting paid out disability, can't lift his arm that well. Um, and he still works full time at, I think, 62 years old okay. to be able to afford, afford their lifestyle. They're going to work until they die. Um, when I look at my, I've got another family member, I guess I don't want to name too many names, but like, she, uh, full NYPD retired, um, doesn't work anymore. Or I'm sorry, full NYPD retired, doesn't need to work anymore, but mm-hmm. she does. Full-time job at Home Depot, maintaining her massive, luxurious mansion with her two cars in the front driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their stuff, mm-hmm. but they're not very happy. And mm-hmm. I can see that when I visit them. It's very obvious. They're always juggling bills. They're always stressed about this and that. And I know that somebody might be listening and think, well, if they just had more money, they'd be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they have plenty of money. They just spend all of it on everything because they're stuck in this like hedonistic, uh, like hyper consumerist treadmill of if I can just buy the next thing, mm-hmm. that's going to give me the amount of happiness I need. And then I think back to my very, um, like my very shitty, poor Hispanic family that live mm-hmm. in Hialeah. And these people have apartments that everything has to be three inches off the floor because when it would rain, they would all flood. I remember my grandma chasing cockroaches around mm-hmm. with her slippers. And, but like these people will, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, they all get together in somebody's like very shitty small apartment. They're all cooking. They're having fun. Mm-hmm. They're laughing. Everybody's catching up with family. And these people are loving and living, living and loving life. And I, I wish that there was like a balance there. Like I agree, I've grown up and I've made a lot of money at this point. I don't ever want to live in a shitty apartment where I've got to put my TV up off the floor. Otherwise, it's going to short circuit when it rains. I don't want to do that. But I also don't like the selling of the idea that everybody has to be hustling and grinding mm-hmm. their whole you know twenties and thirties away just so that they can you know buy big cars or because that's not happiness either. So you're talking about happiness, and what I'm hearing you say are things like what I hear from that is simplicity. You know, you talked about the side of your family that doesn't have a lot of money, and they there's a simplicity to that life that can be very easier in many ways and and less stressful in many ways. However, what I'm hearing more than anything is community. So this sense of community, oftentimes when you're in the grind and you're singularly focused on buying the next thing or exclusively on paying bills, you're not being part of community. You're not spending time with family and friends. Your your mind almost can go insane just in getting the next big thing. Mm -hmm. But the thing the interesting thing about it is that Andrew Tate and a lot of his crew, one of the key things they talk about is brotherhood. They're very passionate about those, you know, keeping your circle small, but people you can really trust and spending time with other men who you could build build each other up and Mm -hmm. working out. And what I hear from them that's very appealing, I actually think that he's been, even though I don't agree with everything that comes out of his mouth, I think he's been really good for men because one, he says what he thinks. End of story. You don't like it too bad. I think we need more people in this world, particularly strong men who are unwilling to compromise on what they stand for to please modern media, modern feminism, whatever it may be. But also, I think it's a very self-empowered message of like, get your shit together, you know, get to the gym, get in shape, be responsible for your own mental health. Don't rely on prescription drugs. Get off of pornography. Don't utilize that as an output. It's going to be unhealthy. It's going to send you down a ditch. All of this stuff to me is a very empowering message for young men to hear. I would, for me, you know, I didn't grow up with money. I grew up in a small condo behind the Staten Island Mall. I used to joke that if you opened our windows in the summer, you would just smell the dump. It was literally like right behind the Staten Island dump. My parents worked, it was very small, it was two bedrooms, but tiny. My parents worked very hard to pay that mortgage. You know, maybe we got a vacation a year if we really, you know, saved up for it. And what I learned from that experience was that money was freedom. So. I love the idea that these guys are telling you hustle because it will make a difference. And if you saw during the lockdowns in particular, the people who had financial means had mobility. 
they were able to pick up and go. If they lost their business, they were able to restart it somewhere else. So I think this this it's somewhat diluted to say you can say that people who are poor can be happy because they find fulfillment in other areas. But if you offered those people the ability to climb a ladder to have that happiness, but also strike a balance with some financial stability and success to get them out of poverty, they would absolutely jump on it 100%. So why can't we strike a balance? Why can't we have financial success and stability because it's realistic that that's going to improve the quality of your life, your freedom, your mobility, and at the same time, remember that community is important and has value and don't lose sight of that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That's kind of what I was advocating for. Like, I wish there was like a middle ground between the two. It feels like, and Tate's messaging has changed a bit since he's gotten kicked off of everything, I guess. And what I've heard him say recently has been generally positive, although it's hard because it always depends on which clips you see and which videos you watch mm -hmm. because obviously the context and the message is going to vary from video to video. Um, but like, even when you talk about like building um, relationships with brothers and having camaraderie with, camaraderie with men, it almost sometimes sounds like it's framed through this like business uh, networking partner acquisition thing. Like to where, make like, money. Yeah, like I've got friends who build me up so that my business can be better. I've got friends who support me so that I can like go after like large deals or whatever. And it's like, I mean, that's like what, that's, these are coworkers or colleagues. These aren't really like friends. Um, mm. I just, I don't feel much attention is paid to like, how do you build long lasting relationships and friendships? Or how do you find like fulfillment and happiness outside of making more money or having mm -hmm. more freedom, whatever that means, right? Um, and I I agree with you that the, the message of self-empowerment and everything is good. And I, and I do approve of that. And I wish that more people would go after it. But like th this, even with the way that you frame some things, like the ability to pick up and move your business, yeah. not everybody's going to be a business owner. Very few people are going to be. Um, or your life or your family or your home or your yeah. anything. Sure. Look at what happened in New York City. Mm -hmm. I mean, I picked up, I the lockdown happened. Mm -hmm. I did not get the vaccine. I didn't want the vaccine. I wasn't interested in the vaccine. I had, you know, no thank you. So I decided, okay, you know, I had had COVID already, whole big story related to that. Mm -hmm. But I said, I had savings, I had the financial ability to say, I'm going to pick up, I'm going to move to Florida. Uh -huh. So it's not just about you own a business you can pick up. That is that is an example I use because a lot of people lost businesses and didn't have enough financial security. They lost everything. They couldn't move to another state and just start from scratch. It uh -huh. was just it wasn't a cost-efficient option for them. But think about this. If you decide you want to you know, get out of the cities, the cities you feel are too crowded, there's, from my perspective, it's conservative coming in saying they're too woke, whatever, I'm going to go buy a piece of land in Texas. Okay, financial freedom. There you go. If you want your kids to go to a better school, financial freedom, you can pay for that. So money, the reality is that money brings peace in many cases. It, it brings a sense of just calm. You know, when you, when, there is nothing more stressful in life. There's two things, actually. Your health, when your health is compromised, and when you can't pay your bills. So what sure, I'm saying is they're, they're just dealing in reality. I, you say that, but, but then you diverge from reality. There's a reason why there's like, you know, more money, more problems, right? Like, it's not like having infinite money is a good thing. I'm not um, saying it's say, a key, I know, exclusive I know, but, but key to when happiness. You say, when you say it's very stressful to not be able to pay your bills, I absolutely agree. Mm -hmm. I don't need to get into crypto finance to pay my bills, right? Everything you just described, having a good security blanket, mm -hmm. um, there are some bare investments you should always be making. Your IRA should be maxed every year. Your 401k, any company mattress you should make every year. But people there don't, are, but you're not understanding why they're saying crypto because there's people who share, they don't share beliefs that you share about. They don't, they don't have confidence in these big banks anymore. So they're then, saying- Then go live in a forest. I mean, how no, they're doing have, crypto. They're, but, but why but not? Most, because most of them are losing money on crypto. The vast majority of people are losers. Okay. 
And so why? So if I have an audience of a thousand people yeah. listening to me, I want to preach a message that is hopefully going to help nine hundred fifty of them, not five of them at the expense but of the other nine hundred ninety-five. But you're not everybody to go do crypto. That's you're talking about crypto right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I'm not even involved in crypto personally, to be perfectly honest Any with you. Time, but that's not the message. Is not everyone. A lot of it crypto. though is related to like e-commerce and crypto finance, mm-hmm. and like that's where a lot of these kind of like anti-college like finance bros have come out of. Is like the crypto markets and crypto is almost like by its nature of like buying and selling is mm-hmm. like a, a is some kind of zero-sum game in some of these markets where it's like, you know, you've got one winner and it's at the expense of, you know, a thousand people that made a bad investment. Um, And you've got like so much scamming, so many they're called rug pulls, different types of like scam coins and shit coins, people call them, that um, anytime somebody's talking about like, oh, it'd be nice to have the financial freedom to do these things. Like, okay, that could be accomplished through most decent jobs as long as you're saving money and spending responsibly. You don't Mm -hmm. have to get lucky and strike it rich on crypto in order to do that. Every time I hear somebody recommend like crypto stuff to their audience, you might as well be telling people to buy lottery tickets. Like that might even have a higher winning percentage than, than telling your whole audience to get invested in crypto. Okay, so you're focused on, you know, right now, one particular issue. I don't see, I mean, we started with Tate. I don't see Andrew Tate telling everyone to go to crypto. I can go watch some of his, you know, videos. What I see, truthfully, a lot of what got a lot of attention from him is him talking about body count and him talking about Mm -hmm. men versus women. But if you actually look, what I did is initially, truthfully, heard his commentary and was like, who is this guy? Because I had spent a very long time defending men against, you know, modern feminism and how I think, I believe modern feminism is out to destroy men in many ways, and women, by the way. So I I spent a long time defending men. Then I listened to his commentary and I was like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? I heard all these short clips. I then did a lot of research and went and listened to longer form content. And what I found is that a lot of what he was talking about had nothing to do with that stuff. It was about self-empowerment. It was about fitness. It was about financial stability. So whether or not he's talking about crypto or not, maybe he made a lot of money through crypto. I have absolutely no idea how he makes his money. But I think the message that rings true for me is money matters. We are in a world where it does matter. It's not your singular path to happiness. I know a lot of rich people who are deeply miserable. Why? What do they eat? Uh, Do they spend a lot of time online? Do they have a sense of community? Are they close with their family? Do they get any sunshine? I mean, there's so many factors that go into that. Mm -hmm. But the message of own your own life and you can build success and you can make that look whatever you like, whatever you want. I believe that's a fantastic message. And why, why is it threatening? Why? Why is this guy banned? Well, it's probably not for that messaging, but like I, I guess like to, to summarize the conversation, like if I could recommend a lifestyle where a person could earn like 120000 a year, but they keep in balance, I, I always say it's like sleep, diet, exercise, and social life. If you could earn 120000 a year and keep those four mm-hmm. things in balance, you're going to be better off than somebody that's hustling to earn three hundred, four hundred thousand 400000 a year. I disagree. Okay, I, I disagree. disagree with all my disagree. mind, and, and body, I say and soul. That but because okay. 120, well, it depends where you live. What's 120? No, it doesn't. Yes, 120,000 is a lot anywhere in the United States, of course. Go to Manhattan and live on 120,000 dollars a year with a family. Let's okay, try it. Let's if you want to go goes. to the very most expensive parts of the most expensive, you said cities anywhere. In the country, you could find places in Manhattan where you could live on 120,000 a year. You could find apartments why right now. You? you could find studios in Manhattan for three thousand a month. But why would you, you want to live if you have the drive and the ambition and you want? You want things over here that you know would enhance your life, that you feel good about, and you're comfortable. They're not going to enhance your life. That's the point. They absolutely will. They absolutely will. don't. They don't, though. I went from that to where I am now. So and did I. I. You, they, they absolutely so, don't. Having any new electronic device that you bought that. is gone in forget a week. About you don't that. care about it in a week. You know where the I, biggest, the nicest apartments, the nicest views, and they get old. Forget like, about that. I'm talking about the ability to buy a piece of land. I'm talking about if you I can want buy cheap good land quality in Nebraska, food, Oklahoma, if I want good Iowa, quality food, that I don't want to go to the grocery store because I think it's not 
terribly good quality food. If you want to buy bougie food buy... online from the www.thecoolestfarms.com, you can do that. That's great. Right? If that's like your select niche thing, but, but I mean. <laughs> but say somebody does want to buy bougie food they and they're like, I want that. That's important to me because I want my grass fed, grass finished steak and I'm willing to put more hours in so that my family can have that because I believe that's good for all of us. Why the hell not? This is the United States, man. If you the, can't do it here, where are you going to do it? Well, the why not is because people end up sacrificing so much of their mental health and their social well-being to do these insane grinds. That's a generalization. That's a, I think it's true. Most people aren't going to be earning more than a quarter million dollars a year. That's just unrealistic. I think even a quarter. You said think, 120, though. That's different. Sure. But even 120 is going to be good in 99% of the country. And even in a place we like Manhattan somebody, and, and West Hollywood. It's not be, our job to tell somebody that 120 is good enough for them. It it's is our job. job. That's literally what we're doing. We're telling people nope. what we think is good for them. Nope. Of course. Nope. That's exactly what That's we're doing. That's not our job. My okay. job is to tell people, build the life you want for yourself. If you, if 120 works for you, great. If 60 works for you, great. If 250 works for you, great. If you need $10 million, get to work. Build the life you want for yourself and I'm here to support you in that process. That's my job. Nobody needs $10 million to be happy. <laughs> if you want to go for it, if you have the capability to do it, if you've got the path in front of you and you feel like you have the talents and the drive to do it, absolutely 100% pursue it, but don't mm-hmm. feel like you're a failure if you're earning 50000 60000 a year living in Iowa I don't need to coddle There's people and worry about how it's they're going to feel. It's not about coddling people. That's it's about coddling not distra- people. It's not coddling. Come on, you decide you want to go for the $10 million and you, I'm not going to coddle you in the process. That's hard work. It's very hard to attain. Maybe you think it's going to bring you happiness. Maybe it won't. That's your journey. Go for it. That's I think message. the coddling is deluding people into thinking that every single person is going to be the next big business owner, the next big, um, you know, millionaire, the next big. I think that's coddling because it's a refusal to accept the reality that you can earn fifty, sixty thousand a year and be a happy person. And if you can't, that's a failure of you as a human being. You have fundamentally failed on the journey of life if you can't be okay with a middle class income and have a happy that's life. If you need more than that, though. if you need more than that, mm-hmm. that is your personal moral failing, and you have no, to figure that. No, it's not. Absolutely. It's just people want people want different vacations. People want, people people you want don't a need a vacation home. to be people... happy. Are you really? Somewhat, yes. Where in the Bible do you need vacations? Which one of the Beatitudes? Which one of the Ten Commandments? Which one of the... Like, come on. You're... You're borderline discriminatory against personal preference. So it's what makes me preference. happy and what makes, for example, you could, mm-hmm. you could, we could make a list right now and I could list 10 things that make me happy and you could look at my list and say, I don't care about any of that. None of that makes me happy. And you could make a list of 10 things that make you happy. And I could say, I don't want any of that stuff. So this is an individual preference. People come into this world, their families are unique, cultural differences. They grew up in different places. They have individual preferences of what they want their life to look like. I don't care. I am not going to rag on somebody if they decide they need four vacations a year. They want their family to go on four vacations a year. One to visit family here. One to visit family there. Once, fine. I personally don't like to vacation, so I don't need that. That's not something that I would invest my money in. But I will spend money on what you call bougie, what I call actually healthy farm food, because that's an industry that I want to support. So money, bottom line is, money is freedom. We cannot tell somebody you can be happy on 60 We don't know them. We don't know where they live. We don't know how many people they have to support. We know nothing about what their priorities in life are. And why would I ever want to limit somebody to saying 60K a year or you're doing something wrong? Live the life you want. This is a free society, supposedly. I don't know about that anymore, but... Okay. I think it's our upbringing. See, I think you had a very liberal upbringing. I think I had a very conservative upbringing. So I'm a huge mismatch. I'm born to two conservative I, parents. Yeah, but you said you grew up in New York. I grew up in Nebraska. I, I knew people that lived on Ducky and Dude, two people you visited do horseback riding lessons when I was a kid because they had horses. They let people yeah. come over and do it for free. These are people, I bet they never left the state of Nebraska. 
maybe they maybe and they drove once. There's nothing wrong with that. If and, that's but a life I know you want. I knew so many conservative families that grew up mm-hmm. like that, and they had their churches, they yep. had their communities, they had their that's families. That's how I was raised, and that is. But that's not. You're telling me we need to push people to get two no, four vacations not, a year. I'm you got a million no, dollars. Like you're I bet these people have never had a new mm-hmm. car before. Nope. I bet these kids all learned to drive when they were ten years old. They put a phone book in the in the truck and they would drive around on the farm. Right. And these people were super happy their whole lives. None of them probably felt like, oh my god, I don't have the newest iPhone. No. Oh my goodness, we're not going to make it to Disney World this year. Oh my, like these people had family, they had God, they had their communities, and all they did important. all of this stuff, and they didn't need a single dollar for any of that, except for the five dollars they put in the basket when they handed around a church. But you're misinterpreting Sunday. what I'm saying. I'm not. Okay, I'm me. not pushing people to do anything. Okay. I'm telling them. Do what makes you happy. So I will guarantee you, though, if you go into communities where people are, so let's say they struggle financially, but they have all those wonderful things that you're talking about, community, farm, family, church, and you went in and you said, hey, I can make your finances a little bit better and I can hand you a $500,000 check right now. Do you want it or no? Line up the people who will say, no, thank you, I'm good. I guarantee you they will all take it. So what I'm saying to you is it's okay for people to want simplicity. It's okay for people to say, I don't want to work my fingers to the bone. My grandpa was like that. My grandpa uh, retired very early. He didn't want to work into his old age. He wanted to spend time with his family. He loved to cook. He was old school Italian. He was like, I don't want that. He sacrificed a lot of finances to make that personal decision. Amen. We got to see a lot of him. Great. I have other people in my family that will work their fingers to the bone until the day they die. And that's what really makes them happy because they're always in that head of like wanting to do. So what I'm saying is find what makes you happy and do it. I'm not pushing any of it. I'm not telling you what makes you happy. I'm not going to try to do that. But just know that setting yourself on a path to achieve whatever that is that you believe makes you happy is something that we should be supporting. For Whatever sure. Whatever that looks like. As long as that happiness isn't like a dollar amount. Um, I know you mentioned the $500,000 thing, but I uh, I guess I've been a lot of wealthy communities in West Hollywood and LA. I lived in LA for three mm-hmm. years. I know a lot of wealthy people and a lot of wealthy communities all over the place. And man, and if you've been time, because you've done media stuff, I'm sure you know a lot of these people. They're all on Prozac. They've all got, uh, you know, like all of their friends are backstabbing them constantly. They mm-hmm. don't talk to or they hate their parents. They have horrible interpersonal relationships with everybody they know. They're estranged from their children. There's like all sorts of stuff going on. And these people have so much money. Now, you mentioned if you would offer $500,000 to any uh, person in a rural community where they say, yeah. yeah, give me that money, they do it. Sure, the grass is always greener. If you were to go to any of these communities in LA, Beverly Hills, you say, mm-hmm. give me uh, 85% of your net worth and I will cure all of your depression and I will make all of your relationships whole, they would give the money up in a heartbeat. Because mm-hmm. what's it doing for them? What do they want, a bigger house, another oh, car? Oh, like, you think so? You think, all these, you think all these big time celebrities, if you went up to them and you said, the ones who complain, by the way, mm-hmm. about what you're saying, oh, money doesn't buy happiness. Money doesn't buy happiness, by the way, is a saying that is said by people who have money. That is 100% true. Now, I'm not telling you that money is an exclusive path to happiness. I'm not telling, I'm somebody who sits here on the show every day and says, get sunshine, get outside, watch what you eat, don't eat garbage food, exercise, get your endorphins running. My message is a wholesome message. And I'm not somebody, by the way, Mm -hmm. just for context, I'm not somebody who like lives the grind. I like my work-life balance. That's Mm -hmm. where I come from personally. That's the kind of family I come from as well. However, if you think that there's poor people on Prozac. There's rich people on Prozac. There's poor people. These are these are societal problems that go way beyond how much money you have. But those rich people go to celebrities in Hollywood and say, you know what? You're right. Money doesn't buy happiness. So listen, you can work on all that other stuff. But simultaneously, we're just going to take all of your money. I would like a poll of how many of them hand it over to you. And let's see. Maybe they'll say money doesn't buy happiness. So here's my millions and millions of dollars. I beg to differ. I think they need to work on other areas of their life. I think they probably need to work on their mental health and their physical health and a whole bunch and their communal health and a whole bunch of other things. But the fact that they have a lot of money, 
that is not the trigger. There's something else going on there. If you could reset your life, if you could go back to being 21 years old mm -hmm. and you could keep either everything you've learned or the amount of money you've got, which one would you choose? Why do I have to choose? Because it's a hypothetical and that's how <laughs> hypotheticals work. You have to choose one. If you could right now reset your life, yeah. a genie comes out of a life, they say, you can be 21 years old yep. again. You can either have the exact same amount of money that you've got right now and then you can be 21 mm -hmm. with everything you knew at 21 or you can sacrifice all of your money and go back to 21 with that's everything you've learned. That's not what the debate now. is though. Well, that's I'm just, not what I'm the just curious what the answer because, would be. No, because it's all or nothing. That's ridiculous because a lot of times I'm just you're getting, but a lot of times you're getting that experience while you're earning a living. And you're, Not always though. So. That's the whole point because sometimes you have to give up one for the other. If you want to be a doctor, you're saying, mm -hmm. I'm going to throw away 10 years of my life to do med school. If you want to be a lawyer, you're going to have to grind through law school. If you want to make partner, you're going to have to grind through working. There are things in life it, it, for the pursuit of money that require you to make sacrifices to your personal life too. But mm -hmm. as Americans, we don't quantify our mental health. It's very easy to say, if I work X more hours, I'll make uh, Y more dollars. Have, but I like, agree with you there. The, yeah, sure. I that guess, I can um, agree with. Yeah. I, I like the idea of pushing people to be more, to earn more, and, and to accomplish more in life. I think that's good. I just sometimes the way that, and I'm sure you've seen it, you said you have a work-life balance, I which do, is good. Personally. But I, if you've seen like the Instagram stories, there's like, like the, the hustle culture, like mm -hmm. you should wake up at 6 a.m., eat three eggs, check your uh, Rob Robinhood account, yeah. 6.30, you go to the gym for two hours. At 8.30, you're clocking into your job, and then you're checking your crypto account. And then at yes. 9.30, you're like making calls to client, and it's like, Jesus, like, live. Right. You don't want to be 30 years old, like, oh my God, and I've earned like $500,000 on 30 years old. It's like, hey, well, what did you do with your 20s? Mm -hmm. I hustled. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I, I mm -hmm. think there's nuance to that conversation. And like I said, I'm, I'm always talking about health. One of the things I'm always talking about is sleep. Mm -hmm. You need to sleep, yeah. right? So sleep deprivation is a serious problem now. Sure. And if you get older and you look back on your life and you've slept four and five hours every night, you are going to be more prone to several chronic dementia yeah, and all sorts all of, of bad those things. So things, I yeah. talk about that all the mm -hmm. time. So I think we could agree on a little bit of the nuance there. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about college. <laughs> yeah, Let's sure talk thing. about college. Yeah. You did a conversation. I pulled this one. You had a, a conversation with Sneeko, I think mm -hmm. it is. This yeah. is at 1636, Tyler. So we skipped one. We skipped uh, Miserable Millennials because we covered that. <laughs> oh, Miserable Millennials because they're yeah. all going after money. They didn't learn how no, to build any part of their life. Why. They're miserable. Can, all right, we'll go back. They got $150,000 living in a nice city and they're like, oh my God, I have no relationships, no friends. Do you want no, to do college. Millennials? We can do college because college Let's, will- It'll, it'll, it'll rope back in. Let's do college and then I can tell um, Stephen why he's wrong about Millennials gotcha. also. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. I saw you on Adam 22. You're like, go to college. Yeah, because college, <laughs> college is a super reliable course to build college. your- is so. a scam. College is a giant scam. Most no. of these majors are a waste of time now. You have to pay 50 grand a year to a lot of these schools. Why do you think what? people pay the money? Because it's an illusion to make them feel like they're productive and they're doing something when in reality they don't know what they want to do. They're just in there taking up loans and then they end up so at 40 with a bunch all of All of societies, they don't end up with debt. They end up out earning people with high school degrees by about a million dollars over the end of their lifetime. There's a reason why people pay so much for degrees. It's because they tend to pay for themselves. You're telling me you don't know a lot of people in your generation that have to pay so much money off in student loans? I know more people that went broke on crypto than I know people that wasted money on a STEM degree. Okay, but why are you advocating for the grind of college but not, the advo not advocating for making money? Because college is a reliable path that if you get on the path and you put in the work, there's a guaranteed reward at the end. It's not a competition with other people. Competition is by- a reliable path? What did you, did you go to college? Uh, kind of. Kind of. So you didn't even fit, you dropped out and you're telling people to go to college? Yeah, because I'm a one in a million. What what I did was incredibly rare. Like, what do you mean? Okay. So this is an interesting topic for me because I taught, 
I taught college for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got a master's degree. I, I got and my what? BA. So I got my BA in Spanish and marketing. I thought I was going to go and do something in the business field mm-hmm. and that having, learning a second language would be an asset. Mm-hmm. I got a, a scholarship to go do an MA at Columbia in Spanish. And I said, oh, this will be great. I'll perfect you know, yeah. my Spanish. Fantastic. Um, hated it. Loathed it. Came out. Um, I taught college for a year. And then I went and I taught at a private school uh, in Manhattan grades seven through 12. I was a dean there, you know, basically an advisor doing a whole bunch of stuff. I also taught in a Catholic school. So I've had a pretty extensive experience teaching. I'm somebody who tells people, this is my advice. You mentioned STEM here. Uh STEM is very different than a liberal arts degree. So you're talking about specialized use. I'm guessing that you mentioned STEM because that is more specified. You I mentioned STEM science, because I don't want to go through the argument of like, because technically people that get philosophy degrees and English and history degrees, one, English and history is important to society and the degradation of these degrees. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we don't care about arts or any of that. That's all silly. We only care about, is silly, but I didn't want to have that argument with him at that particular point in time. Okay, can we, have, it, can we have that discussion now? Are you if you'd like to, that? sure. I would love to because yeah. I had that degree. And what mm-hmm. happened to me was I, I graduated from, and let me tell you my story. I don't know if it'll help you or not, but... I graduated from college. I had a 4.0. I worked my butt off. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved studying. I was a professional student. I went to Columbia. I graduated with all honors. I come out and I go to get a job. And do you know what I knew how to do? Nothing. I had no practical skills. None. Knew, knew how to do nothing. Seriously. I went to go get a job in an insurance company. And I was like, what am I going to do? I don't have any practical skills. I could think. I could talk. I could do all of that stuff, but I didn't have any practical skills for the workforce. So I wandered around and meandered around and all that stuff. So here's how I feel about college. If you're going for something specified, say you want to be an engineer, something very, very specific where you're going to go, you're going to study, you're going to acquire a certain skill set, you're going to come out, you're going to be marketable in an industry, you're going to have skills available to, to work on day one. I know how to do X, Y, and Z, practical skills, practical skills, great. If you're going to go and you're just going to float around and you're going to take gender studies and you're going to, you know, take some literature classes and you're going to largely socialize because that's what college has become. And by the way, get indoctrinated, which is happening in colleges all across America. So you come out thinking one way and not free thinking, thinking for yourself. All of that happens. You come out and you have no practical skills. How is that helpful? Is it not more helpful for someone to sign on for an online program and learn how to actually do something? Or I'm not saying do nothing. But I'm saying there are, all, are alternatives now to a four-year degree that are specialized, that are practical, so that somebody comes out and knows how to do something, as opposed to just, I'm smart, I went to college, what do you know how to do? Mm, I don't know. If you go to college and you don't do a single internship, you don't get a single job, you don't do anything, I mean, that's you've wasted the experience. I mean, I can point to, if you want to say that that's going to be the archetype of the college student you want to hold up, then fine. Then I'll say, if you don't go to college and you just meander around, you work at 7-Eleven, then you get a job at McDonald's, then you become a McDonald's supervisor, and then mm-hmm. you go work at Burger King, well, you've also wasted four years of your life, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to compare the high-driven guy that doesn't go to college and does all the certifications on his, on his own, all the workshops on his own, gets a huge job, and you know, by 22, has a, and then compare that to like a college student that does nothing. That's not an equal comparison but, for, but forget right? about doing I, I, I didn't I had a 4.0 I worked my butt off I don't know I what your college can you speak but there's Spanish plenty of people sure of course well, I nice. can. and you're Miami so that's good <laughs> you, you go. got there you go that's I a good skill you picked up but um, what was that going to do for, if I wanted to be a Spanish teacher here's, great I, I can't yeah I can't I can't I can't go on your personal experience okay, so I don't know but here's general. this is something that I would beg conservatives to do you have to stop attacking liberal arts because I'm tired on my stream of debating how many new black trans what women characters are in the next TV show okay conservatives have suicided themselves on the culture war because they refuse to engage in the things that matter culturally and when you say things what like matters culture? Oh, like ignoring. things like liberal arts are important things like entertainment things like yeah. uh, things like music all these things are really important things and when conservatives just say do stem do stem do stem don't do that that's for losers English is for losers History 
history's for losers. And you turn around like, oh my God, CRT, that's horrible. Well, how do you expect, what else would CRT be besides something written by the most progressive and crazy people? Because all the conservatives are driven to only do engineering and technology, right? I want there to be a conservative that is, that is studying gender studies. I want that to happen so that when people are saying things like, I think any gender can be anything and our pronouns should be Zer, I want a conservative there saying, you know what? Um, I think it's good to push on some gender things, but that's a little bit fucking insane, you know? I think that'd be good. But when, when, when conservatives push for education to look a certain way, I think that some of it starts to become self-fulfilling to where conservatives will say, I think the, uh, the, in the institutions are becoming a little bit ideologically driven. Stay away from the liberal arts. Or I think that college in general is becoming more ideologically driven. We need to kind of like do private schools and stay out of there. Well, what's happening to the schools? They're becoming more and more and more and more and more ideologically driven as conservatives refuse to engage with them. And then those people are growing up. They're joining the administration and the staff. And now they're becoming even more left-leaning. And then conservatives are going, oh my God, look at all these liberal institutions. Look at how far left they are. And I grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh telling me constantly that this is what colleges were going to become and kind of like mail-in ballots for Trump that almost became a form of self-fulfilling prophecy in my opinion. But colleges have been like that. I mean, I went to college 20 years ago and it was already like that. It was already, it was already all liberal all the time. I mean, conservatives, that, that sounds great. It sounds like a utopia. Conservatives go into a gender, you know, whatever, gender studies class and they talk about pronouns and everyone has a, a great civil discussion and everyone disagrees. That's not what happens to conservatives on college campuses. They not get now shut it down. Doesn't. Of course. They get put in the corner. You see, you know, conservative can't even go to speak. I mean, a Tommy Lauren, whether you agree with her or not, can't even go to speak on a college campus without getting shut down, harassed, and they have to call in security. That's a huge problem. Why would a conservative parent want to send their child to an institution of supposedly higher learning where they're going to learn how to be a free-thinking person for them to either get indoctrinated or punished? Ridiculous. I would never. I hope that my child, I have a son, a three-year-old, amazing kid, smart kid, great. What I want for him more than anything is for him, once he figures out what he wants to do in life, I would love for him to get some practical skills in that area. I don't need him to go to college for four years to learn how not to think, to be indoctrinated, for me to spend a fortune, for him to come to party and drink and do whatever he's going to do and to come out and not know how to do anything. If he comes to me and he says, hey, listen, mom, I want to do X, Y, and Z, and there's a program for this, and I can do it in two years, and I'm going to come out, and I'm going to be able to do this, and it's going to be really awesome, and that's what I want to do. Amazing. Let's do it. So conservatives aren't here saying, oh, humanities is a joke and we don't care about English. They do say and we, that, but... I mean, that's just... <laughs> what they're saying is that if you're going to invest money in something, there should be a return on that investment. And that means that you should have a productive free-thinking child at the end of that that comes out and is in a better position than they were before they went in. That's not what's happening in college. I, if I were hiring someone for a position today, I would much rather hire someone who did not go to college. Why? No because shot. 100%. And I do it not. all the time. And the reason is that the people who go to college go through four years and every single one of them talks and thinks and acts like a robot nine out of ten That's times. Just, if, if I'm hiring somebody and I've got two equivalent candidates in front yep. of me and I've got a guy that was able to get his four-year degree, that, that's speaks volumes. I know that you can be on time. I know that you can show up every day and do what's assigned to you. I know that you have the ability to, uh, to finish something. That That's a hugely important thing versus somebody that shows up with no degree. If you don't have a degree and you can make it without a degree, but you need a damn good portfolio to do that. And that is true advice for anybody working in any field. If that you think you can show up- That four-year degree is on its way out. It's absolutely, if it's on its way out, it's only because people are wanting more and more and more education. The college degree is the number one grower of wealth inequality in the United States because people with college degrees are out earning everybody else so 
much. Watch what happens in the next 10 years with college degrees. It's becoming more of a... It's only trended in one direction where the degrees are going to be more and more important. It's so important. Even other conservative-esque people like Jordan Peterson talk about like how do we have a society where it functions when the IQ requirements for performing well in society are becoming higher and higher and higher and higher. Mm -hmm. Where the types of work that we have, the specialization required, the training required is getting higher and higher and higher to where having that four-year degree is, from my day, it's the equivalent to, to... It used to be having a GED or high school degree where like if you didn't have high school in, in the 80s or 90s like well man what are you you're a loser well now you know 2000 it, it, it just the numbers don't lie it's, it's I mean so, like you can I, look at the, the median earnings for a high changing. school degree. what it's I'm not, telling you is not, that it, it is changing. changing and that it's becoming more and more of a requirement no. you're talking to me about IQ as if college is an indicator of your IQ you don't think many, IQ correlates to intelligence people I talk to every day who are entrepreneurs who who didn't go to college or spent and how their many college people, years doing nothing how or many, wasted their college years or have that four-year degree but partied and joked around all the time and you'll talk to them and they'll say, I had a friend who didn't go to college at all but was motivated and was focused. I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying don't do anything. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is as an alternative to a four-year degree for everyone and some people may thrive in college. Like I said, you go to school for engineering, you go to school for a specialized subject, you go to school for someone where there's going to be an obvious reward to 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 that program fine i'm not telling people everyone this is a blanket recipe for you however there are going to people people out there who are going to want to do something specialized that does not fit in with a four-year bracket that doesn't mean that they're not going to work hard that doesn't mean that they're not going to develop a skill set that doesn't mean that they're not going to be marketable to an entrepreneur just because they don't have a four-year degree that way of thinking is going to be antiquated very soon i'll i'll if you want to do a time frame and a twenty dollar bet, I'll bet you money. It's the easiest money I've bucks. ever made. Okay, twenty dollars, twenty bucks, five time. years, whatever you want. We'll re- we'll do another episode if we're still live. And but we'll, Steven, look at what happened. Honestly, look at look at the one of the reasons that we just went through. You know, pandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. Last couple of years, and you saw what happened on college campuses. Look at what happened. I mean, they they locked kids down in their dorm rooms in many schools. They now are you know instituting. I don't know how you feel about mandates. You know, I strongly oppose the mandates, but they're instituting that on college campuses. You have parents all over the place that are watching this stuff and saying, what am I paying for? I am 33 years old. I went through a phase when I was 15 where my parents did a certain thing and I didn't like that thing and I wanted to do the exact opposite of everything. Mm -hmm. At some point, we have to grow out of that. I can look at college campuses, and I've argued a lot of stuff. I think that I just went to um, uh, the University of Texas in Austin and A&M, mm-hmm. and I just did a Change My Mind event where I argue that wokeism is going way too far across most college campuses. I'm not going to disagree with that. That's absolutely true in a number of ways. People mm-hmm. were writing, uh, school administrators were writing if people needed therapy after the Rittenhouse verdict, okay? My, almost, <laughs> yes. my new, or, the, or the Trump win. Yeah, it was <laughs> unbelievably cringe. But I can't let that one thing that I don't like poison my mind against seeing all of the other upsides of doing college. Mm-hmm. If you have people that are capable of doing things outside of college, this is the advice that I give somebody. If somebody asks me, if they go, do you think I should go to college? And I go, if you have to ask me, the answer is probably yes. Because the type of people that are driven enough, like when you talk about people that didn't go to college that are entrepreneurs, they're not not going to college because they did really bad in math and English and school is just not for them. They're not going to college because they're so busy with the path they're on in life. What they've got already, they don't have time for it, Mm -hmm. right? There are people that are 19, 20. Yeah, they're already working with their Mm -hmm. parents' business. They're already um, have learned a trade, you know, through their teen years because friends or a dad of a friend taught Mm -hmm. them things. They're already uh, contributing to projects online. They're coding, they're programming, 19, 20, 21. Right. the time these people at 22 23 these are the stars these are the people that they would come to me you know hey can i work in your website oh well what have you done and they go this is what i've done I go, okay yeah obviously you can work on my stuff but a lot of people that don't go to college aren't like that um mm-hmm. and it's it's a bit uh, it's 
I don't say delusional because that's too harsh, but this idea that like all these people don't go to college because they're so busy pursuing other things, it's just I'm not true. I'm not saying all of them, okay, but that's sure. where the role of parenting comes in, where you have to know your kid, you have to have I mean, I, I have a child, my child is 11 years old, and I told him, if you want to get into YouTube and stuff like I do, that's great. You're finishing school though. You absolutely are. It's and just, you're doing college. It's, it's Once you have that degree, nobody can take it from you. Mm -hmm. You've shown something to the world. You, I, would, I might go, but that you a can finish a college degree. You show a piece of paper to the world that says I'm so what? jealous of, give me your master's. Have it because <laughs> yeah. I and I'll tell you why you can have uh -huh. it because I learned more practical skills waitressing in New York City than I ever got from getting a master's degree at Columbia University. And if I could go back in time, I always say I wouldn't change anything because you know how you see those yeah, movies you, where you, you go back in time are, and I I want my family to be what it is today and I love mm -hmm. my child. And I wouldn't want any. I wouldn't want to move any of those puzzle pieces. But if I could go back and not move any of the puzzle pieces and not have wasted a year at Columbia University, oh, I got it for free and I can't even justify it. It's it a, was it's a unique experience waste. though. Great. It was a unique experience. I was miserable. I then didn't you should have done something it. better with it. But you and know what? It was for every, not practical. Many, where are there more miserable people at? Miserable people getting their masters at Columbia's or miserable people that are doing waitressing in New York City? <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know, actually, because well, everybody okay. I worked with was happy. Then here's a question. If we talk about all of the elites in society, okay, yeah. the elites that run everything. I know you guys like that one. What do they Is do with other kids? True? What do they do with other kids? Of course they're getting they them into the, the best universe, the best Ivy League schools. You're going to Stanford. You're going but to, why is but, that? But these guys are so successful. Shouldn't but they be telling their kids, you're, no, not my son's not going to no. waste his time at Harvard why or Yale. My that? son's going to go out and he's going to start working at 19 because education is important. No, it's the that's foundation not why. that you build the rest of your that's life not on. Why? And you're at the one stage in life where you can continue to learn and acquire knowledge and a unique skill set that you can't outset. You know that's not why. It is absolutely They're the all reason? of the same political mind. They are more than happy. You're talking about liberal elites in New York City. Of course they're more than happy to take their kids kids and put them in the best universities because they know that the indoctrination that they have started in their household is just going to continue oh, beautifully you over think there. I, there's somebody's going to send their kid to Harvard value, just to finish indoctrination. You, you can indoctrinate the own household. These pieces of paper look great on a wall. What does it mean? It shows that you went to for four or five years. So you took some what? classes. You passed some tests. Great. You could do a thing. Great. Do you care about reading scores or tests? When you talk about like black communities or disadvantaged communities, yeah. do you say that like it's a crime that they can't read, that they can't do math? They, why does education matter only up to a certain point but not past that? Because, because of of what's happened to college in the last because two of decades. woke people not just the woke, woke boogeyman scared the kids not off just of college campus people, but if you're if college is not a place where you're learning how to think anymore and if college is not a place where diversity of thought actually exists and if college is not in place that a place that embraces true diversity not just in what color are you and what your culture is but in how you actually view and see the world then what's the point why do i need to send my kid to go in and come out a robot it's ridiculous because so i'm not average, saying there's no because value the, because the median earning of somebody with a four-year degree is 20,000 a year higher than And what I'm telling you is I see your stats, mm -hmm. I hear them, but what I'm trying to say is that that way of looking at the world and that uh, way of idolizing this piece of paper is going to be on its way out very soon because what you're seeing is a rejection of 50 or 60 or $70,000 a year investment and then you have a kid that comes out and you're like, what did I just do? The kid often comes out dumber less able to think for themselves and less accomplished and they sit in the, on the couch that year and they say what are you going to do now i'm not sure all of that and they're still out earning their high school peers it's crazy how that works and they had four extra years watch together i guess happens. all that experience at burger watch. king didn't we're pay not off. talking about today but watch okay. what happens and i'm not talking about getting a minimum wage job as an mm -hmm. alternative what i'm saying is people need to broaden their minds college still exists and mm -hmm. it will be the appropriate decision for some 
alternative programs do exist and will be the appropriate decision for some in order to, yes, you want to get educated. You want to get a path towards success. You Mm want to get a path toward learning actual skills. That's not going to be college for everybody. That's all I'm saying. It's a little bit more gray for me than that. I don't want that to be everybody's prescription because I don't think it fits everybody's life. Okay, well, this is a far different statement to I don't want every single person going to college versus college I don't is a want waste every of single, money. I don't well, want every single Is college a waste person. of money? You just don't want it? Because I agree. There are some people where that would do way better in trade schools. I hated school. I sucked at school. There you go. Um, and so, yeah, maybe I would have done better in like a different type of program coming out for sure. And I grew up as a millennial and millennials were all told, go to college, go to college, go to college. It was like the only thing you right. Like, right after breathing and eating, go to college. Um, so, yeah, I agree that there are different paths for different people. So that's what I'm saying. What I'm no, saying is No, what you were saying size... earlier was that college was a waste no, of money. College that's what you said is, earlier. College is largely a scam. For many okay, people. well, that's a different statement than it not everybody should go to scam, college. But no, it is largely a scam for many people. But I and I also believe that because I don't believe in one size fits all for anything, mm-hmm. whether you're talking about the medical system, whether you're talking about anything, I don't like one size fits mandates. I don't like any of that. I say know your kid, have a conversation with your kid, understand your kid. They are going to have gone through high school. You're going to know what that experience was like. You're going to know what they like. How driven are they? What are they sure. interested in? Have those conversations and don't get told by people that college is their only answer and their only path towards success. I don't believe that to be true. And I do believe 100% that college, not a scam for everybody, but in large part for many students that come out, they come out dumber, less able to think for themselves, and it's a disgrace for how much money their parents have invested for four years. Okay. 100%. And I've seen I plenty of that. people that skip college, that do the, they'll do the one leap year, well, I'm just going to take one year off, they never got back into it, and their lives just kind of petter out to nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, very few of these people become successful entrepreneurs. Very few of these people go on to acquire valuable trades and skills. Okay. Usually they end up doing some kind of work, and they kind of promote, and they're just kind of like whatever for the rest of their Okay, lives. I want to talk okay. about um, one of your nuanced, you have a nuanced opinion on Everything. minors, puberty blockers, oh, some geez. of this. I don't know if on puberty blockers, but you talked a little bit about sports as well, mm-hmm. uh, transports, etc. Let's go to No Jumper, Tyler, 3343, and let's play that. I'm loving this discussion, audience. I'm hoping you are too. By the way, Tyler, do we have super chats we need to get to? Uh, not yet, but is the conversation popping? Pe- people, people really like it. Actually, there there was one earlier. Somebody said uh, everybody knows that money is valuable when you have medical issues. They were making the case if you're ill, if you have a family member that's ill, that money is exceptionally valuable. We can talk about that. I'm. I'm. I'm a. What a great argument for some sort of like socialized health. Hell. Oh my what goodness. What a great so argument. So that money to wouldn't be a gateway it. to. Hell oh my gosh. No government. Get out of my health. Get out of my life. <clears throat> We're gonna get back to that. Okay. Let's go do um, minor. I think this is an important. Um, this is an important gray area. So let's let's show this part. There are strong arguments for minors getting access to, ideally with a doctor's approval, like HRT and stuff, um, or puberty blockers at least at a young age. That's a pretty radical left position. It's pretty far to the left. Right. But um, I don't think trans women should be competing in sports with cis women, and all the research supports that. Right. And that position can make me sound like a fucking Nazi, depending on who I'm talking to. But also, (laughs) Okay, so that's interesting to me because, well, I I don't support puberty blockers for minors. If you're an adult, I I have, well, you know, I'm really, I lived for a very long time as like live and let live. You know, do what you want to do. You're a grown adult. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, as long as you're, even when it comes to relationships, you want an open relationship, you don't. As long as it's consensual, no one's getting hurt, do you. Uh But when it comes to children, I'm deeply concerned about what I'm seeing with young children. I mean, you have places like Boston Medical. You have other locations coming out and talking about having very uh, descriptive conversations about gender in three-year-olds. Utterly ridiculous. I have a three-year-old. Sometimes he thinks he's a monkey. He'll say he's Curious George. He's three. 
he's three. So I think there's a lot of brainwashing and societal manipulation happening toward young children. And I also think puberty blockers for kids are incredibly dangerous. They don't just affect the sex organs, they affect multiple systems of the body. They affect the brain. And there is no scientific proof that once they are brought back in, let's say it's a pause and then you bring them back in, that a child's development continues as if it hadn't been interrupted. There's no, there's no studies that can show that. So I think it's an incredibly dangerous thing. What, it's, what I'm interested about is that you hold an opinion that there should be some access to puberty blockers for kids. So I want you to talk a little bit about why. And also, though, you are what I deem rational on sports. Tell me a little bit about how it has been to exist in a world where you have those two opinions, and I'm sure you've made everybody mad at the same time. So this is something I will die on this hill for, okay? If I have a medical issue involving my son, the only three people I ever want involved in that conversation are me and his mom, him and the doctor. If somebody is trying to make some procedure that I think could make him better illegal or whatever, that is the worst possible world I could ever live in. Um, to where if if for whatever reason my son and I feel like I've gone through all the appropriate steps and he feels like he's a girl or he's a trans woman or whatever. Um, not at five. I'm not talking at five. But at 14, 15. At 14. Uh, yeah. If he's having those feelings and we go through therapists or whatever and that is an option where it's like, well, this is what he's saying. This is what his doctor's saying. And you know what? I'm the parent. I'm going to ultimately make the decision to pull the trigger on that. I don't think anybody else, mm-hmm. especially not the government, has the right to stand in between me and my child's future in that decision um, because of some government policy that a bureaucrat is writing. But you support socialized medicine, right? Socialized medicine doesn't mandate you have to get a certain procedure. So, but if you if you supported socialized medicine, wouldn't the government essentially have some role in every decision-making process that happened? I mean, um, it's, 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 it's about making the availability of some particular... Oh, that's not how socialized medicine works. You know, in all countries that have socialized medicine, there's restrictions on certain procedures and not others, and you have people that have to flee those countries. To that, come that's here. the same thing that happens in the United States with insurance companies. Have you ever tried to do an in-network or out-of-network prescription? <laughs> like, I mean, like yeah, obviously there's going to be some decisions at the end of the day in terms of like, um, but I'm like just what curious, is what is affordable. You said but, but it's it's fundamentally up. different between like what is an affordable drug or what's in-network, out-of-network, or what's like an appropriate prescription versus like um, you're not allowed to do this because mm-hmm. ideologically Washington has voted a certain way, and now this type of treatment is available to your child. Mm-hmm. That's I think those are fundamentally that different types of things. That happens under socialized medicine all the time, where people are. T- told that oh you don't you're not entitled to this procedure because we believe that you're old and it's um not worth it and they make decisions about what people can and can't do old and not these are fun if you have somebody that's 87 years old and they're trying to get you know like a 20 million dollar surgery that might extend their life by like a couple months that's a fundamentally different question than like oh, that, then the government right can pursue? come in and say that person's not entitled to that if it's procedure. not gonna be the government it's gonna be an insurance company what do you, no, like, I'm ta- I'm so we don't have infi- we live on a planet medicine. of limited resources we don't have infinite resources mm-hmm. there's gonna be some we do have infinite resources no no, no i'm talking about <laughs> socialized medicine we're having a different this happens can you acknowledge this happens in private medicine too right there's only so many. Okay, so there's only so many resources. Even if it was a libertarian fantasy oh, world, you're, listen. where it's an anarcho-capitalist, we all pay for whatever we want. Even in that world, you can only buy so many things, right? Well, so not course, necessarily though. Yes, necessarily. Hold on, we live with limited resources. No, no. You said that. No, no, no. Yes, yes, within the system. But if you are somebody who went out and made a shit ton of money and you have a shit ton of money in your backyard and you can go to doctors that are not part of the system, you can have access to procedures and treatments that you wouldn't have had. Like, for example, when I had Lyme disease, perfect example, and I went through the system and what they gave me made me sicker and sicker and sicker. And then I found a holistic doctor that didn't take insurance where it was expensive. And luckily, I had saved my money and had that money in bank and went and feel better now than I ever did before. That is why money is freedom. Okay, so you think that the best healthcare should only be available to the elites in the world? No, absolutely not. How many not. people are going to be able to afford to go to another country for That's healthcare? why we had a whole conversation before wait, wait, how, how many, how many, I want to answer this. How many people do you think realistically in a country can fly to another country for a medical treatment? Not a lot. 
Give me a percentage. Oh, small amount. I don't know. Like less than two, probably. Yeah, sure. Right? Okay. I, I mean, don't I, want a I, medical system. So you're telling me, well, in your system, there might be rationing because the 88-year-old grandma can't get a hip replacement. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, well, in your system, you're telling me that less than 2% of people can afford like life-saving medicine or alternative no. treatments or therapies? What I'm saying to you is I don't want to exist in a system where government is making decisions for people's individual health. Okay. That's, and I don't want I mean, to exist in, I don't want to exist in a system where your zip code determines the type of health care you can give your child. That's that's a crime. Okay, so to me. you you want reform of the health insurance system in the United States, but that's not the answer to that. And I agree, I agree because I went in separate conversation. But I remember when I went in and had a baby, and the hospital bills were extraordinary. I mean, it was insane. I honestly had a regular natural delivery, no C section, didn't barely any drugs, nothing. And I looked at the bills and I said, what would the average person do in a, in a predicament like this? Because I wasn't the average person that year. I had a television job, and mm-hmm. even even to pay that was like. It was a dent, you know, it was it was thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So if we're going to have a conversation about reforming the healthcare system, great, we can have that conversation. 100% I'm on board that there are problems in our healthcare system that make basic things very inaccessible to a large number of people, or it traumatizes their entire life to have to pay for them, 100%. But is the answer to that more government involvement in the system? That is extremely dangerous as far as I'm concerned. And if you look at the past two years, just as what happened with government, with mandates, with the Biden administration stepping in and wanting to say, you lose your job if you don't get an experimental vaccine, that should have scared the shit out of everybody as far as when you get government involved and they are making decisions for your health, oftentimes they will make decisions that go against the advice of your own doctor and your own doctor is done. Can't do anything about it. You either have to choose between whether to put food on the table for your family or to get an experimental drug. I do not want government having that kind of authority and power over anyone's health because I do have a distrust of government institutions. I work tangential to the tech field. If somebody wants to build a new piece of software or build something for a website, the first question you ask when you go to the table is, has it been done already? Because if it has, then you copy paste it. You'd never mm-hmm. rebuild the wheel. Why would you ever do that? When I look at all of the successful healthcare systems around the world, I look at how everybody does healthcare. Every single country that has a functioning healthcare system does it in this way. Why would I want the United States to do it in this way? It doesn't make well. Not any every country is the same. The population's not the same, and not every people they're say all this about human guns beings. Too, they all, some, a lot of them are fat in Europe. A lot of them have health issues. A lot Let of them. Let me ask are you different. this though: Do you make the same argument for guns? Because when I'm when I talk about guns, people. Mm-hmm you know, Pierce Morgan, whoever it may be, people will say, well, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't exist in Europe and we should, we should modify. And I say, well, Europe, that's not America. That's not our constitution. That's not what we were founded on. There are certain principles of freedom in this country. We have it, a second amendment in this country. So can we not acknowledge that it's different? It's different. United States is Guns different. are different because the second amendment is literally built right into our- Not to our... those people making those arguments. They don't care. I'm not those people. But I wasn't aware of an 11th Amendment that said thou shalt have the right to have private insurance companies be the sole provider of health care coverage in the United States and there shall not be a socialized medicine. Like, the, like how, we deal also, el- how we deal health care is not enshrined in our, in our constitution of enumerated powers. We not. have flexibility and options in terms of how we want to do things. But I'm just saying that like if every single country does something in this way, this is like the, in my opinion, this is the dumb form of, there are a great forms of American exceptionalism. This is the dumb form of American exceptionalism. Where it's like, we're going to do things our own way in the way that is the most complicated, the most expensive. We spend more than any other country in the world on healthcare related stuff. We don't even have good outcomes to show but, for but, it. And then when I argue with true. other people about it, well, the great thing about the United States of America is that the top 1%, the same elites that I rally against all the time, are able to fly to other countries to buy whatever crazy healthcare stuff that they want. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't think that system is right. So, and we would agree that there is something deeply broken about the American medical system, but we would probably disagree as to why. So I increasingly like, you have a number of people in this – you have an expanding problem with obesity in this country. You have an expanding and, and all the problem world, with yeah. what people eat. You have an expanding – and I, I would argue that Big Pharma has a 
financial investment in keeping and making people sick. And that is because they don't make money off of healthy people. How how do you make people sick as big pharma? By making them, because the, the solution, whenever you have a problem in this country, Anytime you have a headache, from when you have a headache to you have a menstrual cramp to you have anything, the solution from Big Pharma is a drug, and a drug That's has a side effect, and then big, that makes you sick. And as and what Big Pharma, what what, what is what is what is pharma? What does pharma stand drugs. for? What are they going to give you? Ex- I'm not going to go to Big Pharma and get a new workout well, that's plan. That's not a problem. That's well, exactly what pharma is. exists no. for. It's a pharmacy. But it gives the reason drugs. it's a problem is because traditional medical establishment utilizes pharma as the primary means of solving everybody's problems. And you know what they don't do? They don't get to the root cause of the problem. Because the root cause of the problem can't be addressed by pharmacies. The pro- but if you go into the hospital and you say, doctor, I've got high blood pressure. I have hypertension. What are you going to do? The doctor could say, well, check this out. First of all, your diet is insanely high in sodium. They don't. You don't exercise they at don't all. Say they that. do. But a doctor can't just say that because what is a patient going to do? And the free, wonderful market of the United States, if you go to a doctor and he tells you over and over again, you're fat as fuck, you never sleep, and you are just, you're you're destroying your body with lack of physical activity, you're going to say, okay, well, fuck you. I'm going to go to the doctor down the street and I'm going to get the pill that's going to help my blood pressure. Mm-hmm. As a doctor, the only thing you can do is prescribe a pill. Now, anytime that's not you've been, the only thing that you can is, you can say, hey, try doing diet and oxygen. Talk to any doctor. They will tell you this. Every doctor, well, every doctor that I've spoken to will say, I always tell my patients, hey, do diet, exercise, whatever. But at the end of the day, as a doctor, you That's can't control it. That's not what's happening. That it's is just exactly not. No, and I can tell you, listen, my personal experience, and I know people in the chat, please raise your hand if you if you've had this experience. But <laughs> if you, I don't know if you've ever had anything chronic that I'm sure. My child's mom had uh, stage four hot, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. So I've had lots so of hospital. My grandma was, yeah, I, lots When of I had the Lyme disease, it was a nightmare. It was doctor to doctor. Hold on. Did you weird. have Lyme disease or did you have chronic Lyme disease? I had Lyme disease that was a late stage diagnosis. So essentially what happened was I got a late stage diagnosis. I mm-hmm. didn't know it was Lyme. I went through a bunch of tests. I did have a rash. So later was able to attribute it to that okay. and had symptoms that progressed until I really got to the root cause what of is what the was going on. What is a time frame here? Just late curious. stage diagnosis, like time nine frame, months. Like how, okay. All right. Why? <laughs> I don't believe in. I don't believe in chronic Lyme disease, but that's it's okay. It's not chronic Lyme disease. That's okay. not what I. That's not what I had. What okay, I had gotcha. was a Lyme disease diagnosis that went undiagnosed for a long period of time. Got sick. Then I took prescription drugs for it, which was fantastic until it made me sicker. And okay. then I went to a holistic doctor. I went to neurologist. What did you do with a holistic doctor that cured you? A lot, a lot with diet, a lot with supplements, a lot with detoxifying the body. I why why sauna, is there nobody when sunshine, you talk about people that are D. when you talk about people that are selling you supplements, selling you vitamin D, selling you detoxifying things? How are these guys not making money just like Big Pharma is? They are making money. Then how, then why would you trust them any more than Big because Pharma? Because they get results. If because they had I, results, they would be Big Pharma. No, they wouldn't. They don't have results. That's why it's called holistic medicine and not medicine You're medicine. You're looking at the results. I could barely walk across a room on The View, and okay. now I could probably kick most people's asses in the gym, and I feel better than I ever did before. It happens all the time. If you don't believe that people get sick, abandon a Big Pharma system, say that's not for me, and go a holistic route and get better, you're ignoring a very large segment of the population who absolutely do. The problem with our medical system is in large part that when you go to the doctor, nine out of 10 times, they're not interested. You know what I got told when I went to the neurologist? Oh, I asked about diet. Oh, diet? Yeah, you should follow what the American Heart Association says. (laughs) Okay, honey, you don't know jack shit about food is all you just told me. So they don't ask. They don't. They do medical system, regular traditional medicine doctors, ask them how much time they spend studying nutrition. Ask them. They'll tell you almost nothing. How much time do holistic doctors spend studying a medicine? A ton of time. They, no, they don't. Of course Absolutely they do. not. These don't people don't go to med school. Medicine. These people don't. They of course they are. They're all MDs. No. Everyone that I've, every single holistic doctor that I've seen is an MD. Every single one. Every single one. 
every single one. And I also don't think you should poo-poo Chinese medicine. I think there's a bunch of other areas of medicine that have been poo-pooed. People by the that way, are acupuncturists and people that are chiropractors. These people don't go to medical school. You know that, right? They don't have to go to medical school for it. For I'm not talking about acupuncturists. Okay. I'm talking about MDs that that. The MDs oftentimes, by the way, that go through the regular traditional system, they mm-hmm. get their medical degree, they go watch people continuously, continuously get sick, get drug dependent, not get better, and then go fa- uh, found uh, innovative medicine practices or things like that uh, to and functional medicine practices to actually get people better and succeed at that every single day. It happens all over the country. If it happens However, all, all over, then yeah. you do research on it, you publish the results, and then those become the new therapies that are recommended for people with those types of diseases. That's it's that You're easy. acting like there's not a big bracket of a system that needs that big pharma stuff to get out there because they need a dependent sick society. That's a totally different Just as much as the, the supplement systems, none of which is regulated, by the way, needs these people to push those like ultra shots of vitamin C and the, uh, the what do they do in Miami here where you can go and get the, the $300 vitamin infusion, all of that stuff. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, all of these people are just as much pushing any of that stuff as the big pharma guys is. The only difference is the big pharma guys has the FDA and every other part of the private market breathing down their neck to make Make sure they're not messing up. Whereas these guys can the say FDA. literally whatever they want. Oh, the Stephen. FDA. That's right, yes. Stephen, you're well aware that people who work at the FDA and people who work at the CDC and people who work in Big Pharma are essentially a rotating door of the same employees over and over again. What is a single industry where that's not the case? You're talking about the Are you going to say that somebody that ran health? in NASCAR is going to go work at the FDA next? People, of course, are you going to tell me that somebody that was working Stephen, very high up in a pharmaceutical company is probably going to be involved in the regulatory process? Do people who work at NASCAR ultimately have a decision about the health of you and your family? These are major <sighs> medical institutions that are holding hands they're consistently not holding hands. and There's have going a deep investment in, in a sick population. Every, I, get, I never worked in mainstream media in my life, but I guarantee you that you probably see a lot of similar video guys, a lot of similar editor guys, a lot of people in the newsroom mm-hmm. are showing up in other places because that's the industries that they work in. If I'm that's looking absurd. at who's going to... It's reality. That's absolutely absurd. It is and in every single industry I've ever... You've got in, in professional video games, the people that are the players grow up so to be the coaches. So you don't see how it could people, be dangerous to have somebody be. from it the FDA be. who prior worked for Pfizer come mm-hmm. in, step into the FDA, and now want to push Pfizer products through. You don't see how it that could potentially could be. be problematic. But here's the issue that conservatives have when they when they criticize big anything is they always go, couldn't this be a problem? It is a problem. Then it is a problem. If it is a problem, then you have to show me the problem. Did you, you watch just, Dope Sick? What? Did you watch Dope Sick? No, what's that? Watch it. Just watch it. Can you Come summarize back. You know it for me? I've watched a lot of Project Veritas. I want you I've done to a go, lot of vaccine and COVID-19 research. Sick. I've done a lot of- No, this is a great thing because you, uh-huh. you're in Miami, right? Uh, yeah. Go watch Dope Sick then. Come back and we'll have a bigger- I don't want to spend the whole time on pharmaceuticals gotcha. today because I want others. I want to get to body count, which I think is fascinating. <laughs> yes, Tyler's like okay. Tyler's like this too, but I'm loving the discussion. <laughs> okay, Audience, yeah. by the way, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. button. Do we have super chat button? We have some super chats. Okay, so, let's go. Pay for the studio. So <laughs> real quick, right. we had, I put a poll up, uh, 429 votes. 67% of the audience believe that we should switch to a socialized medicine. Wow, That's my commies in chat. That's, yeah, all you, brought, you brought, oh, the, yeah, the he socialist. brought the commies in. <laughs> my Tricoms, my it. fellow, yes, they're all, right. all there. It's my all red Soviet. Don't yes. worry. So real quick, uh, $5 super chat. If Destiny believes you can live happily on 60K, will he not donate? Uh, why will he not donate every dime he makes oh, yeah. over 60K and move Give back it to, me, to, I'll take to it. Nebraska? So something that's difficult for people that have made it is oftentimes they don't realize that they're the exception. I am the exception in a lot of different ways. I wouldn't recommend my lifestyle or the types of things that I do for other people. But that being said, if you look at me, if people treated money the way that I did, I wouldn't mind everybody trying to be a millionaire. I'm a millionaire, and if you look at the car that I drive, I drove here in a $40,000 car. Mm-hmm. The apartment I live in is like, it's a $3,500 a month apartment, but it's not a $7,000 a month apartment. Um, 
That's it. That, that's all I own. All of the rest of my money goes why into. Why do you care what everybody else owns, though? Who cares? Why the do you, problem why do you that care? I have is I see people destroy their lives trying to find happiness through materialistic possessions. So let me and ask they're you foregoing relationships to actually get there. Fair, okay. my, I live a very simple lifestyle. If I would, I could live. If I, if I lost well. money, I could live at 40, 50, 60K a year. But, for would, sure. but, but, okay, so let's say somebody said to you, you believe, but the question is, you believe that on, mm-hmm. say, 60K, somebody you could can be happy. Live, be happy. Okay, so why don't you give all your money over 60K away? Just give it all away to charity and live at 60K. <laughs> You can't be happy. I'm not telling you that having more money is bad. If you okay. want to go after more money, that's fine. I like having my more money, but I also enjoy the work that I do to get there. But I don't do it at the sacrifice or the detriment to the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. If I like, I could make two x or three x or five x the money that I make if I were to do things that I didn't like. If I were to sacrifice my personal relationships, or if I were to grind work even harder, I could. But I don't. But I'm not, I, again, earlier I told you there are some people that want to build businesses, or some people that have the talent to be uh, an athlete or mm-hmm. some sort of business owner or whatever. That's fine, do it. But just because you're not doing that doesn't make you a failure or a loser. Yeah, I was so- happy when I worked my casino job when I worked in Nebraska. I was probably making thirty. 36k a year I think 15 to 22 an hour and somebody else might not feel that way everybody's happiness is gonna look different throughout all of human history we've been happy without airplanes cell phones and internet if you think you need all of it now you're probably the problem because you're a a aberration from everything that's come before you I understand the message Mm -hmm. of a holistic life Mm -hmm. like I get it I get that you know, it can't be all work and no play. It can't, family is important. I understand leisure is important. I understand sleep is important. Health is important. Just mind rest, which honestly, I don't know how you're on the computer so much because my mind goes crazy. That's a mm-hmm. whole other thing is getting off of the technology sometimes, getting out into like the real world with light, sunshine and trees and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I get it. But the message should then be positive. Like, hey, listen, you can go for whatever makes you happy, but just don't forget all this stuff because sure. this stuff also can accentuate your life in a big way. And if way. that was the message, I'm a-okay with it. Okay. But a lot of the hustle culture stuff seems to be a little bit extreme. In other words, he's, he's not giving up his money. He's not giving up his money to go down to 60 And I wouldn't tell anybody to give their money up. Of course yeah. not. I'm not. I haven't told that to a single person. This is like Let the answer. Of like, I, this is like the answer of like, I think we should pay higher taxes. Well, why don't you donate all of your money to yeah, the federal why not? government? Because, because me donating all of my money doesn't change anything. It does. It makes you then loyal to what you said, which is that the, people loyal, pay I'm not taxes. loyal to people paying higher taxes. I'm loyal to there being a bigger social safety net more government programs and higher taxes how that happens because those are effective at getting people in better shape in better better shape yeah like public schools where do you think most of the fat people live do you think they're in rural communities or liberal city we should encourage them to not be fat (laughs) they're in rural communities right with all the natural cows and the natural pigs and all them like we should encourage them to not be fat i agree sure and not be dependent on the system let's go (laughs) tyler um marcus gave two bucks that elites send their kids to school for networking uh, Marcus gave another five bucks said the worst financial decisions of my life were one going to school for engineering and two entertaining a serious relationship at the same time well that is challenging people I, you always you ever hear from about doctors all the time that are in medical school and say they're trying to like do a serious relationship and do medical school and they like go insane just sure. a side note that's why I failed college arguably because I was working like 60 70 hours a week and trying to do full-time school at the same time it wasn't possible because oh. I was working graveyard shows yeah so. you can't and that's the other message you can't like I always say this to people you can't do everything all the time like there's got to be sometimes you can only do something some of the time and you got to have that balance something's got to give you only mm-hmm. have 24 hours in a day anything uh, else we gotta get to? Andrew 10 bucks all the doctors I've been to in the USA prioritize prescribing drugs. Uh, yeah, of they, course. The eat healthy and exercise is always a footnote. Mm-hmm. Also, no one is talking about the role of trauma in society's health. Uh, and then Ajron gave five bucks. <laughs> Which do you like better, frogs or dinosaurs? You're asking me. To eat. I, I don't think you can eat a dinosaur You can nowadays. eat frogs. You can eat frogs. Yeah. 
I never legs. eat a frog. Frog legs. That's a big thing. Where is that? Where do you eat frog? Uh, a, we did in Nebraska. I think they do in Wisconsin, Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Louisiana, frog legs. And they're supposed Florida. to. Everything oh, yeah, you ask. Too, yeah. I always ask people, what do they taste like? Tastes like chicken. Everything tastes like chicken somehow when you ask people. Isn't that so crazy? Does, you ever Frogs are dinosaurs? Dude, I, no, I didn't have gator and I'm not going to have gator. Gator tastes like chicken. Ugh. Frogs are dinosaurs? Why are they asking me that? It's, frogs are dinosaurs. I'm going to go for a dinosaur. Frog looks slimy to me. I don't like slimy. Plus, if there's dinosaurs, it's going to be cool. That means I went back in my DeLorean, people, and I'm not in 2022 anymore. That's a good thing. All right, I got one more yeah. for Steven. Uh, Airborne gave 10 bucks. Said, if Steven says he doesn't sacrifice his income for what he wants, why isn't he in Diamond League? Or is, why isn't he Stop. That's Diamond a dumb, That's in a League of Legends joke. We don't do those here. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's a horrible video game. I don't know anything about video games. Oh, that's, you're better off for it, probably. Yeah, I never... You know what I know about? Super Mario Brothers. That's about as far as I got, and I wasn't okay. very good at it. I did kill the... I thought it was a dragon at the time, but apparently it's a... What is it at the end? Is it like a turtle or Bowser. something? Bowser. Bowser? Yeah, yeah Bowser. See, I don't, a, I'm not nerdy about it. I don't know. What are, you, what are you looking at me? Tyler's never looked at me with more disrespect than just now, me saying it could be Well, you didn't see my face after you called him Mario. Is that a New York I'm thing? I'm from New York. Mario. All right. We're going to have um, Stephen back one day. I can't dig into more of the pharmaceuticals because I want to get to the body count, and this okay. is really important. Gotcha. But I will have you back one day, and we can talk about Whatever kickbacks want. that you know traditional medicine doctors get and why. Oh, and I'll bring a whole bunch of information about holistic medicine. We can do that, too, there especially here in Miami. I've lived so it. I don't need clinics. you to tell me about okay. holistic medicine. I literally live and breathe well, so all I. of that. i got to run and grab my fourth vaccine right after this conversation. You so. go do that, and I ain't going to be getting one <laughs> anytime, <laughs> ever, right. ever. <laughs> You got a flu shot while you're at it. I hear they, they maybe they as well. If they have anything else. Like Tdap the. I don't know stuff, if they're know, still just... doing it, but I heard that at one point you were getting a free donut too, so you get fat and vaccinated at the same time. Oh, Woo! You yeah. Get, you used to be able to get fries. Remember? Fries oh, that's and a true. Burger maybe De Blasio is somewhere still. Well, I'm looking for strong male role models, and I know Trump weighs like 300 pounds. <laughs> you so go. I'm just trying, I'm trying to get <laughs> up to the legend. He said he got legendary. vaccinated too. Maybe he got vaccinated with a donut. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? It's possible. Okay. I want to talk to you about body count. Okay. This is really interesting. I love this conversation. I love. And by the way, thank you for being here because people who see the world differently often times don't show up to come and talk to me but I think it's really important that we showcase to the world that we're perfectly capable of having these debates and discussions it's actually really we haven't got to the end of the show yet one of us might kill each other (laughs) there you go okay who knows there you go all right body count just might do it y'all which one okay we're gonna go to uh 11929 and uh I don't remember which one this is but we'll find out pill world puts so much thought into it because from my because I would way rather date a girl that fucked 200 dudes than a girl that fucked two dudes. Uh, it's not even close. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. we come f- from, from, from like just two, again, right? Yeah, I'm very experienced and you're not. Okay, that's all we need on that. <laughs> okay. okay, so you have to realize that you are not in the majority of yeah, men of course. on that. Yeah, of course. Okay, sure. so you understand. Do you understand? You, you seem to have struggled. I watched several clips in this interview where you were kind of struggling to figure out why guys would want a woman well, who I had understand, a lower body count. But I, 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 don't, I don't want to be mean. No, okay. And, oh, actually, you know what? Because he just said that, let's go right to that. Let's go to 12607 because Stephen has an idea of why he believes that people in the red pill community in particular want girls, in particular, we're talking about female body count here in particular, with a lower body count. 126. I never bring this up on shows. It's very rare. And I'm going to turn a lot of people off my saying this. And I understand that. Um, and I don't mean to sound aggressive or attacky with it, but it feels to me sometimes like when I hear the obsession over body counts, sometimes it feels a little bit like an insecurity thing where the guy feels like he can't stack up with right. the other men that she's been with. I like, agree. And it's interesting too. So taking what you said, you talk about like, well, high value men are the one that care about this. I feel like the higher in value I've gotten, the less I care about it. Because if I'm with a woman 
one, I know she likes me, and two, I know that we're having a really good time, and it's going to be one of the best times that she's had. I don't give a fuck who she's been with or who she's going to be with. Okay. Like, I know that's, that's okay. Good. So my perception is you'd have to ask. I'm not a red pill guy, mm-hmm. so I can't you know, speak for them. I don't want to speak for the community, but I do believe that female body count is really important to men, and I think if I were a guy, I would care about it as well. Here's why. I think that women who, I think that it's a sign of disrespect to yourself to not treat sex as something that has value. And I think that guys still value purity in women. I don't think they have to be virgins, but I think they value women who have been hesitant to put their bodies out there with everyone. In other words, they don't bed hop. Maybe they had a couple of partners, a few partners, but it was people that they really cared about. It was committed relationships. There was monogamy involved. It was a sign of self-respect that those women had because they weren't willing to just sleep with anyone. I watch these videos of girls now, young women, early 20s, and you'll ask them, what's your body count? And they'll say, oh, I don't know, 10, 13, 15. That's growth to me as a female I wasn't raised that way and I wasn't raised in a time where that was you know the normality and I believe that that's extremely hazardous because a woman should know if you don't know what does that tell me the number is probably a lot bigger than what you're saying and it's a sign of just not having respect for yourself there is something really beautiful and really um I don't know how else to say it but pure about a woman who has been really selective in those choices And that's what I think the guys like, because I think ultimately they'll sleep with somebody who has a high body count, but if they're going to settle down with someone, they want that person to have a certain amount of self-respect and to have cared about these things. They don't want someone who's just going to put it out there. They want someone who's really thoughtful about who they share their body with, because for women, oftentimes sex is tied with emotion, should be anyway, but oftentimes is. I agree with every single thing you said. The only type of person to say that, though, is a guy that also has a low body count. As soon as you're talking about guys that could be pr- promiscuous, everything you just said goes out the window. You don't get to be somebody that's fucked 100 girls, and then when you go to settle down, the only woman you have respect for is somebody that's had sex with one or fewer guys. You don't get to do that. It's, it's, it's only one or the other. Mm-hmm. I hate the discussions of purity and Christianity and Islam and all of these. This is about I'm pure, not even blah, blah, talking blah, blah. about religion. No, no, I understand you're not, but people will, will invoke these concepts. Like, okay, if you want to believe that, that's fine, but you don't get to go and have sex with 100 girls and then mm-hmm. try to settle down with somebody who's only been with like one or two and say that that's fair. That's not. If you want to talk about sex in terms of self-respect or respecting your body mm-hmm. or the purity or blah, 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 then fine, do that, but you have to live the values that you preach. If you're a guy and you fuck 20, 30, 40, 50 girls by the time you're 30, you should look for a girl that's fucked 20, 30, 40, 50 guys like the, the fact that you would try to do anything different is, is just hypocrisy in my so mind. and I'm not a fan of hyper promiscuity on either side men or women that's just my personal preference I've been very open with the audience about that but here's the difference the difference is that guys do care about this when it comes to women they care about how many men you've been with but when you ask women they don't care about the men they don't care what the male body count is if you say to a woman you're well, gonna, why wouldn't she they don't care they don't care because they just, I can't explain to you why. Then everything you said about purity and all that is, we don't care. That None of no, that matters. Because if we're just asking what do people care about, Mm-mm. I know men and women are different. But, different. but before, you were making this argument of like, well, there's a self-respect and blah, blah, blah. And now yeah. I ask you, well, what about on the other side? Like, oh, well, these people don't care. No, no, no. Well, then no. the self-respect I, and all that doesn't no, matter. No, no, no. Okay. From my perspective, mm-hmm. I'm telling you that I don't like hyper-promiscuity on either side. So okay, that's great. Gonna, and that's consistent. And that's And fine. that is consistent. Sure. However, what I am telling you is societally, mm-hmm. there is a difference. Because societally, men 
The reason I think that men get away with being more promiscuous is because the women don't care. So if they sure. spend their early 20s and they're like feeling their way around. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of this, of they course. Don't I care. think that women generally don't care. Men really do care. But then the question is, why do men care? I think some of it comes down to self-esteem issues. You don't want to be with a girl and think that the last guy had like a bigger dick or did better, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then I think some of it is kind of the weird views that we have that I think come a lot of from what you said, that there's some purity that's being ruined when somebody's like had sex with no, another just, person or just, some other people or whatever. It's just not... <laughs> you you can't have you remove the emotion from it you remove what about all the emotion from the guy having sex with all those women forget about the before. guys for a second we're talking about female body count well, we can get to the guys we can have a separate conversation sure. about that because but it, it is different for men and for women it is different because men oftentimes by the way when they have sex which you know you're a guy oftentimes can detach much more easily from the experience emotionally than a female so it is different. Men and women are hardwired differently when they go out into the sexual marketplace and they engage. I don't They're know different. if I'd say hardwired differently. I think there are Absolutely some. I think there are some differences biologically in terms of how we gravitate and how we engage with sex. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of that can change culturally. For instance, women have become far more promiscuous um, with uh, things like birth control and abortion being available, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, these are things that have enabled. Why women is that to take- good? because I like sex and it's better when people like more sex because it makes it easy to have it more. (laughs) But Um, if, okay, you like sex, so, and you're somebody, you've been very open, you have mm -hmm. an open relationship. Are you married? Is it? Yeah. Okay, so you're married but you're in a two-way open relationship and Mm -hmm. you're obviously, in order to be able to do that, Mm -hmm. you and I must look at sex a little bit differently because I take it much more, and this is a personal preference. By the way, I'm somebody who believes have the relationship you want, Mm -hmm. do what you want as long as it's consensual no one's getting hurt, go do you. So that's my, my stand on it. However, for me, it wouldn't be appealing as a guy looking at women it wouldn't be appealing for me to be with a woman who was very sexually promiscuous that's not appealing to me Why because though? because it takes a lot women tie naturally tie sex with emotion not we do all of them no, and there no, are no, guys no. that do as well you can no, talk to there are the so same. many you can say it's not the same but there are so many women no. that a guy has sex with them one time and the guy becomes like a creepy hooked up stalker who for the rest of his because life because they want more sex them. but often no oh no. my goodness no no hold on that was the you most naive you don't, oh, wait, you wait, don't wait. believe you that can was make the a generalization most no, no, you no. don't believe you can make a generalization that there are more men who are able to have sex without emotion than women who are able to have sex without emotion naturally broadly speaking I don't like the word naturally because I think a lot of it is a lot of culturally there's a lot of cultural buy-in, which is one of the reasons why Republicans conservatives push back so much against things like abortion and contraception because that's made women more promiscuous because they've been able to that's have sex. That's not why we push back on abortion. We that's, push back on okay. abortion because you're killing a baby. Sure. It's part of the, okay, that's another thing. But like part of the reason why people push back against contraception is because it's allowed you to have sex without consequences. Historically speaking, the consequences for women with sex have been way bigger than the consequences for men, right? So it would make sense that women are a lot more guarded than men are. But when you start to remove some of the guardrails on that, women can open up a bit more and there's not that risk of like, I might get pregnant and be you know screwed for the rest of my life because now I've got a kid from a guy that just abandoned me right so and, and then you see that opening up so I do agree that there is naturally a slightly different engagement between men and women on yeah, sex that's, that's true I but I don't think it's like all women that have sex are, or most women are super emotional most men are super no, no, no. I'm saying I, I would that even, I would say women are more likely to have an emotional attachment more likely, but I think there's with. more crossover than there is difference there but why would you want a woman why would you want a woman with a high body count? Why would a woman, woman want a man with a high body, body count? count? They don't want a woman with a guy with a high body count. But they don't count. care. Necessarily, they don't care. Then I don't care. Because they're different. No, I'm not saying you personally. Well, you I'm just asked me personally. Yeah, I mean, why would you as a man in general? I mean, why, why would you want a woman? There are a few Why reasons. is it more appealing to have a woman with a higher body count, in your opinion? It, so it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for like sexual performance, somebody with a higher body count is going to have more experience. On the That's other. not necessarily true, though. 
It's not about, necessarily true. There could be one person that's had sex with no, one no. person 500 times. Yeah, five, but think about it. Think about I mean, it. you could it, be a serial we're monogamist. Speaking in general, we're speaking in generalities, right? You're asking me in generalities. Okay. Somebody in general with a higher body count is generally going to have more experience with different types of people than somebody with a lower body count in general. It's not always true. Some of the best sex that I ever had in my life was with my very first girlfriend because we dated for four or five years, right? right? And we were both virgins, I think, going into that. Um, so... Yeah, I, I agree that, but I'm speaking in generalities. Generally, somebody with a higher body count is going to be somebody that probably one aligns more with my views on sex, right? right? Like because of the type of person I am, the hyper promiscuous, progressive, crazy socialist, whatever you <laughs> call me, probably not going to run into like a good Christian girl with zero body count that wants to be in a relationship mm -hmm. with me because we're going to be very wildly divergent of values. Um, and then the types of things that we value sexually are probably going to more align if we both been like relatively promiscuous mm -hmm. to use that naughty word to describe it. So do you think that guys generally would prefer a woman who has a more experienced presence in the bedroom? Uh, I don't think most guys even care based on who I've talked to. It mm. seems to be the case. I don't know if that is the case, but a lot of people just want her to look good and be young, I guess. So what I'm what I hear from men having covered mm. this for the last four months is I hear that they they don't they don't need the experience and oftentimes they don't yep. want the experience mm -hmm. if that experience is indicative of behavior that's promiscuous. In other words, what guys really want, what I think guys really want from a woman in the bedroom is someone who's enthusiastic, someone who wants to be there, somebody who really wants to have sex with them. I don't know. I, somebody who's I don't into think, it. I don't think, I like, this is a question that I've asked a couple times now and it's surprising. If you have somebody that is like a, we'll say she's a six out of 10 in terms of looks, but she's the best sexual partner you could ever have versus somebody that's like a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 in looks. A lot of the guys I talked to like, oh, I'd rather do the 10 out of 10, the one that doesn't do anything just because she's hotter. Mm. I, and I mean that might be a thing, but there's like a variety of reasons. Well, why I think say, but it's a way different engagement with sex than I have. Right? I think them. I think they definitely want a woman who's attractive, who mm -hmm. they deem attractive, who's feminine, who you know. But more important than the experience, I think, is that they really want to be there. And I think guys will, hands down, take a woman who has had less experience and is more pure but maybe their skills in the bedroom aren't as up to par than somebody whose skills in the bedroom are porn star worthy, but that is because it's reflective of them having slept around a lot. Yeah, I guess when I look at the way that people, with the, it's funny because growing up in school, my inclination was that like women play games with sex and men just like want to have sex. But as I grow up and I get older and older, it seems like men play a lot of weird games with sex where sex is about building body count to show status mm -hmm. or having sex with a woman that's hot enough to brag to your friends about or just being there because then you could say like, oh my God, I had sex. Um, like the, something that I've talked about with a few guys now too, like there are certain women that I've hooked up with that if I had the opportunity to a second time, I would rather just stay home and masturbate <laughs> because the experience is just not that fun to me. But for multiple guys I've spoken to, they're like that would never be the case. The worst sex is better than the best masturbation or whatever. They're like I would rather I've not heard that. Sure. This is something I've heard from a few. And this, these are and when I hear things like this, it makes me wonder that the engagement that men have with sex is like it's it's funny because in a way, um, <clears throat> the great prophet Dave Chappelle once said that if a man could fuck in a cardboard box, he would not buy a house. No, <laughs> that no. that it seems like a lot of men are wired to just go after sex because there's this like social signaling status around it that men are the master keys and women are the locks you have to open. And the more you fucked as a guy, as much as you might hate women, ultimately all of your validity comes from women, right? Like if you've got a guy that shows up in a $2 million car mm -hmm. and you've got another guy that shows up with like three of the hottest women in the world around him, everybody wants to be the guy that's the woman, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you hate women, even if whatever, you want it because the women are like the ultimate like social signifier of status and like if a woman loves you it's the best thing in the world and um it feels like a lot of men when they, they when they view sex they think of it in the same way so and then even when they go after like a woman with a low body count it's like i was the guy that got that girl who hasn't fucked any other guy or only one other dude like i've got like exclusive access to this person i don't think so that's cool. what it is though i, I think it's what it feels like. i think it's because guys view 
you know, they look at women that they're just going to sleep with in one box, and then they look at women that they're going to wife up in another box. And when they look at someone who's going to be their wife, I think that whether or not that woman has been promiscuous is an indicative is indicative of their character. Here, so and here's I think a, they're looking for somebody mm-hmm. who they're they're thinking about like this is going to be the mother of my child, and the purity component has value to them. They want someone who's been more selective, <clears throat> who's been more traditional, mm-hmm. um, who's been more less likely to be you know, hopping in and out of everybody's bedroom. Here's a question I'll ask, you should ask every future guy this, I'm so, and I'm curious, I've never asked a question before, so I'm curious mm-hmm. what the answer would be. You could marry a woman who is 25, she slept with 100 guys, but once she marries you, she is guaranteed to be the paragon of virtue that you want, she'll never step on you, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or you could have your perfect zero body count woman at age 25, but there's a 25% chance that she's gonna cheat on you and leave. Mm-hmm. I think people would actually would almost I think all most men would gravitate towards that woman the twenty five percent chance of cheating than the than the other one that would be guaranteed to be exactly what you want after you get married. Perhaps they wouldn't believe that because there's a, a sense that, and I don't know how accurate this is, truthfully, but mm-hmm. there's a sense that if you're hyper promiscuous as a woman, um, in particular, or even as a guy, honestly, if you live a hyper promiscuous life, that you would be more inclined to cheat. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. What if what if she wouldn't? But the yeah, I don't know that they would buy that story though that you're selling. Well, so we know? can't do the hypothetical. No, I don't because think I don't think it's, I think that's what I don't think it's a very unlikely. Yeah. I don't think it's the indicator of cheating. I think it's I think it's all the other emotional stuff that goes into it. That when you're having sex, you, go, you want to think about like another guy that's defiled her, been in her, and, and it's all these weird views of like women's sexuality and women's body and the ownership of it and the defiling of it when you're having sex. And I don't think it's, it's like, I think it's simpler I think it than totally that. I think is. it's guys. I mean, guys don't even want to think if if they have somebody that they love or that they're really into, they don't even want to think about who you had sex with in your you know ten years ago. Let alone who you had sex with ten hours ago, or who you might have sex with ten hours from now. Sure. It, they're just very visual people, and women it's are similar to that, though. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. If you're having that's a conversation with a girlfriend, say, you're like, "Oh, my ex used to do this." That's the, you're that's why get I <laughs> always say that the open, like for me, like mm-hmm. I have a hard time understanding the open relationships either way because mm-hmm. I feel like oftentimes I know a lot of the guys in the red pill community will talk about well, it's a separate set of rules for men, <sighs> but what I think of as that is. That may work initially, but ultimately, I think that many women will wind up feeling unsafe of in that course. terrain, yeah. and they'll feel like, "What's going on here?" You know, it's very hard for many women to detach the idea of intimacy from sex. So, even though you could be a guy out there and you could be saying, "I could go and I could have sex with someone who's just about sex." Most women will have a hard time detaching that because for us, it is intimate, and part of that, I think, is biology. Is that I always say, you know, <laughs> and I had this conversation with Janelle when we had her on, is that. It's different for women because you actually, men actually come inside our body. It's very personal in a way Mm -hmm. that it's not physically for men. And I understand that, but I I do think there are a lot of social factors at play as well. So like for instance, for me as a guy, if I wanna have sex with a girl, if I find somebody on Tinder, I'll drive to her house, I'll pick her up, I'll do whatever because that's all I care about, that's all I'm thinking about. For a woman, there has to be like a higher level of I don't want to say emotional intimacy, but there's going to be a higher level of trust to even get to the That's sex right. part. And I think that probably engenders more emotional intimacy than from the guy thing, right? I can meet a random girl, That's have right. sex, and I don't care. But for the woman, it's like, I have to know you're not going to murder me. I have to know you're going to rape me. That's right. Um, Safety, security, yeah, 100%. It's safer for me to have sex with you than to bring you to my house because I don't really want you to know where I live. There's a whole bunch of things. So I could understand from the um, from the woman's perspective that like, well, yeah, it's, there's probably going to be more emotional stuff there because there's a lot of more hurdles that you kind of have to jump through as so a woman. So let me ask you this because yeah. this is intriguing to me then okay, because you have, you're married, you have an open relationship on mm-hmm. both sides is that not something that you think about when your wife leaves on a Saturday night and goes and hooks up with a guy the fact that she had to go through all those levels of comfort before she would go and do that with him so <laughs> this conversation gets me in a lot of trouble this is a totally separate conversation but how edgy do I want to be <laughs> I 
I think that the vast majority of rape happens because women are kind of trained to be these docile, non-fighting, non-combative creatures. I think the vast majority, 90% plus of unwanted sexual encounters would stop if the woman said no. My wife is the type of person that would say no. Absolutely. I don't even worry about it. I know the, and I know women in my life who have had men to try to rape them are the kind of women that are like, we're, we're not doing this. We're done. But take and out then, the security component. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the emotional, the fact the that emotional component. She's emotional. the exact same as me when it comes to that. She doesn't need like the, the crazy emotional connection. Like there are so people So you where, don't have any, you don't have as a man, you don't have any, and I know you're doing your thing mm-hmm. too. So it's on both sides. It's not one sided, but you don't have any concern when she leaves on a Saturday that she could go get involved with somebody and maybe, maybe they go in thinking it's just physical, but mm-hmm. something happens in that moment and it becomes an emotional experience for her and then it creates a problem for you. That doesn't cross your mind. The, <laughs> no, <laughs> but the, I live an exceptional lifestyle, right? And in, in, for, for my life, I know the value that I have and I know like the position that I'm in, like I've got a ton of people that I talk to. Like if somebody wanted to leave me or step out, like I'm fine, I mm-hmm. could find a million other people to date. Not that I would ever want to replace my lovely life because I, my lovely wife, because I love her very much, but it's not like one of those, um, I think the, the most complicated thing for this is for average people, when you talk about open relationships that are open on both ends, those relationships are incredibly challenging for the guy because it's much easier for a woman to find casual sexual relationships than it is for the guy. Right. And oftentimes you wind up in these situations where the guy is kind of like, desperately trying to find anything and the woman's like well I can find a new right. guy like literally every single night on Tinder you know so and the average but in celebrity circumstances or whatever I would be e-celeb quasi-celebrity whatever like there are a lot of people that I have options for as well usually if we're doing stuff we you know we both arrange for stuff at the same time um, ironically the biggest fear that we usually have for our stuff is if I fuck up really bad and I make like another girl pregnant that would be the worst thing that could happen to us mm-hmm. aside from one of us getting murdered by like a crazy person but um do you I understand mean, <clears throat> I'm curious because mm-hmm. you lead such a different life than I yeah, do of and it's really interesting to me um, but do you understand the argument like I'm someone who believes in monogamy and mm-hmm. I believe that the reason that I believe that it's a beautiful structure it's not going to be for everyone again to mm-hmm. each his own but the reason I value it for most it, people monogamy it makes sense the reason the thing, I yeah. value it though is because societally I think something really <clears throat> incredible happens in terms of trust and commitment when it's just one person and one person and that sexual tier is maintained just for that one person particularly when you involve children mm-hmm. and it becomes a structure that to me offers a lot of stability. Now, I'm not saying people don't cheat. I'm mm-hmm. not saying people don't violate that contract. But do you understand why that contract exists and why it's considered a stable structure in society? Yeah, I can definitely understand that. The only the only thing that I would ask is, I don't actually, I don't care if anyone understands me because I live my life. I don't care if people understand me. From my perspective, here's the way that I tend to view relationships. I can have sex with almost anybody on the planet in terms of like I'm physically capable of doing it, right? Within reason. Um, sex is just sex. But There are certain people that have certain types of minds where I can only share certain experiences because of who they are. And that might be something as silly as going to, um, you know, the observatory, uh, the Griffin Observatory out in... um fuck Glendale in mm-hmm. LA there were times I went out there with people that was like super fun um, it might be like going to different countries and spending time on the beach with my wife it might be um, playing music with people uh, I like to play piano there are other right. things like these are like really emotionally and psychologically intimate moments for me that I can only share with certain types of people and we create these like little slices of time where we kind of exist in our own little bubble in the universe mm-hmm. and we share those moments that are very special those are the moments to me that are the most intimate I can put my dick inside any girl and that's whatever woman mm-hmm. not girl uh, but, but like that's like 
like whatever. It's just sex to me, right? Um, and, that's and, I, and I understand why for some people that's special. But mm-hmm. for me, like I've had sex a whole bunch of times. I can remember like, oh yeah, that was cool. That was hot. That was fun. That was fun. But then there are some moments in my life that are truly special. And I'm like, this was like so much fun, like emotionally. This is like a really like driving through the mountains in Malibu with the top down on my convertible with a woman. Mm-hmm. And like, like these are the moments that are like super special to me that mm-hmm. I like more than just like the sexual moments. I but I understand what, different people value. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, sex is not just sex. Sure, of it's course. I deeply personal, mm-hmm. intimate, and ultimately like that's how I had my baby. I mean, so something incredible <laughs> yes. can happen in that sure. moment that mm-hmm. can connect to people in a way that nothing else can. So mm-hmm. I do believe that for me, monogamy and sex, and, and that's, I guess, why, you know, I, I have a problem with this hyper promiscuity in women because I can remember a time where, yes, there were badly behaved guys. Back then you called them badly behaved guys that would sleep around and do all this stuff. But women in large part weren't that way. They they were, they they were they had a much higher view of sex. They had much more self-respect when it came to their bodies in that, you know, this is my temple and I'm not going to share it with anyone because it has high value to me. You know, my sexual organs have high value because my sexual organs are what are going to enable me to one day make a child. And that's a superpower. And that should be reserved for someone that I love and trust. And there were a whole bunch of emotions that went into sex for good reason, because then I think it gave people pause. You weren't just going to sleep with some, with anybody because there could have been consequence. When you invite birth control and you invite, not saying I'm, I'm opposed to birth control at large, but when you invite this and mass and you make this the new norm for everyone, what you're essentially encouraging encouraging is a mindset of just sex doesn't have any meaning and sex Mm -hmm. should be meaningless and that I think tears at the foundation of society ultimately sure I don't know if I'd say it tears at the foundation of society but I would say that like sex is a really big deal and people on the left have kind of made it too um, much of a whatever and there are emotional ramifications there are psychological ramifications there are safety issues related to sex disease Um, I mean it's it can get kind of hairy sure yeah and I think that um, I I think that people don't treat it sometimes with the respect that it needs to be treated even if you like I do like casual sex and I think people should have casual sex they enjoy it but um, it's a privilege that comes with a whole host of responsibilities behind it Um, I got into a lot of heat one time um, I don't remember I was fighting with someone on Twitter who was like I've been raped like three times in a row or somebody stealthed me three times in a row and then I got raped another time I was like if you're having all these bad experiences, maybe you shouldn't be having casual sex because mm-hmm. it sounds like you're gonna raped a lot. It's probably time to like come back and like reassess your game plan because mm-hmm. something's not working here. Um, and when you find out that there's these people that are walking into the rake over and over and over and over again, it's like, okay, casual sex is cool, but it's like driving, you know? It, with any great new privilege comes a whole host of responsibilities mm-hmm. that you need in order to ensure that you're doing it in a proper and safe way. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about abortion uh, oh, with boy. you. Yeah, why not? <laughs> We've talked about everything else controversial. Why not do that? And then we'll do just a little bit about some politics and the national divorce that a lot of people are talking about, which I'm actually not getting on board people. with. I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> don't be so. <laughs> do sure. another twenty dollars on that. You're going to be forty dollars. No, no, five I'm saying you're that. saying that I'm oh. saying what I could potentially sign up for. Me personally, oh, okay. saying, oh yes, vote yes. Not what's going to happen. I don't okay, think a national gotcha, divorce gotcha. is actually going to happen. Okay, okay, let's talk about abortion a little bit. I saw this clip mm-hmm. from you. I had a hard time understanding it. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to ask you to clarify. Uh oh. Um, go to you see where life, where life begins. Let's do that kind of hard to hear but if you could um, talk about where you think life begins um, again yeah sure so when I think of when life begins I think of the capacity to deploy consciousness because it feels like conscious experience is the thing that we value the most about people like if we look to see like who's alive or who's dead at the end of life um, like the last lady brought up that um, having a heartbeat is an important thing but like when your heart stops beating that's okay even if we can replace it it's okay but when your brain dies we typically consider oh this person's dead usually because they can't deploy a conscious experience anymore uh, explain that to me so when I try to figure out where does human life begin uh, something that can be instructive is to find out well, where does human life end? Like, what what is the thing that we're actually protecting when we talk about human mm-hmm. life? I don't think it's the body. 
I think it's the mind. I think that we have like a conscious experience that we have. And when we think about harm, we think of like that subjective experience being like terrified or being, uh, you know, harmed in some way. Um, so people die when their conscious experience ends. Well, when the word is life begin. Oh, I see the very beginning is probably when conscious experience begins. And before that, there is no subjective experience to speak of, which I think is necessary to speak about things like harm. Okay. As, can really I, well, as we're discussing yeah, this, what I should have asked you first is Sorry. what is your position on abortion? Uh, well, I would be, I'm pro-choice up until around 20 to 24 weeks, I think. Okay, so do you initially, my first gut reaction, do you have a problem with some of the left who don't make any distinction for abortion and essentially are saying that you should be able, a woman should be able to abort a baby to the end of term, essentially right up until delivery? Yeah, it's philosophically, I would say it's indefensible, and politically, it's suicide is stupid. So those okay, politically aside, though, that is happening. In fact, I had Kim Iverson on the show. I don't know if you know Kim, but I had her on, and she she defended that to the end. She essentially said you should be able to abort a baby right till the moment borderline moment of delivery um, which was interesting I mean she has a very strong position I don't know that most insane liber- but yeah well but people say it people say it very and few people that's a have, super ultra oftentimes you will have though when you go to put liberals on the record mm-hmm. about okay when when should it end they won't tell you okay they won't say 22 weeks They'll because be they don't have because they that. don't have like a philosophically coherent position that's all politics for most people when it comes to abortion okay so you've heard the studies about pain and how babies can feel pain now there's numerous studies out that show it's 13 weeks weeks actually where a baby in the womb can feel some type of pain I don't know if you've heard that okay don't care okay so I care because it's a human life and if it's experiencing pain well the experience part is important so I would have to see the particular study when it talks about like pain because there are certain things that like um, I'm pretty sure there are certain responses that we have just in our brain stem so for instance uh, human response time if we're pushing the edge of what's possible I think around like 150 to the average like 200 milliseconds right but if you put your finger on a stove on a hot stove Mm -hmm. you can pull back before you even have the experience in your head of feeling any Mm -hmm. pain because I think some neurologists this is a technicality though you realize well no no it's crucial there is something happening in the brain stem Mm -hmm. that's like causing your finger to pull back really quickly and you haven't actually had the subjective experience of pain Okay, so so when somebody says like can you experience pain like well amoebas can avoid negative stimuli and a fetus an amoeba okay that's a perfect example Sure. You said 23, 24 weeks, though. 20 to 24 weeks. 20 to 24 weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you bring up that image, Tyler, from Tommy's.org? I just, people need to understand, and I think this is a huge problem, um, that women don't, okay. Can you just show me that picture? That's a baby, and that is a 22-week-old baby. I want you to look at that picture. I want. I have a son. I've seen all the pictures. Okay. We, I was okay. there for but his delivery. It was super fun. Uh, yeah. No, because it's very easy. You say these things, 20, 20 weeks, 22 mm-hmm. weeks, 13 weeks, and it's very hard to understand. That's a 22-week-old baby that was delivered, actually, at 22 weeks, if you would believe it. It's mm-hmm. a, The story is incredible and survived. So when do we're you ever show, about, like, when you do these things, do you ever show pictures of, like, this is a mom living in a house where she can't afford rent, where no, she's no, no. addicted to drugs, where she's a single mom, where there's no help for her? Where there's a, or do you ever show nope. pictures of, like, this is the kid in the adoption clinic nope. because nobody's there? No, you, no, only, no. you only want to what? show the one side? Show pictures of kids in an adoption clinic? <laughs> sure. To have this conversation about whether or not we should murder a baby in the womb? Well, are we talk, well, if you're trying to just invoke an I'm emotional response, ju- then no, I think no, that the progressive no, thing is— I'm I, not going to justify uh-huh. murdering what I just saw was a baby, not an amoeba. That's a baby— based on all the other things that you you're justifying we can talk about adoption we can talk about how to assist women who mm-hmm. find themselves in predicaments that well, are but conservatives never want to talk can, about those oh, things we so. want to talk about it all they the time never want to conservatives talk about, talk about crisis pregnancy centers all the time donate money to it make it a top priority they, 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 all conservatives the care about the baby right until nope, it comes out of the womb that is and then after that it's personal that responsibility it's your nonsense. family you people like ali beth stuckey do you know ali i don't know if you don't know ali she works the plate she's front and center many lila rose these people in the pro-life movement care deeply about what happens to that child
child from the Why time didn't conservatives support conceived. to extend the child tax credit then from Biden for upping it from three thousand? Can from we talk 2000? about this for one second? Because we're going <laughs> to sure. Get, okay, yeah. Go let's for talk it. about this for okay. one second. Because, no, because I'm 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 deeply curious. Mm-hmm. Are you worried at all about see? Do you think that most people know what they're talking about when we talk about a 22 week old? But the reason I showed that was not to upset people or to upset you. Well, of course or... it's to upset people. That's the goal. No, no. It's, yeah, of course. it's reality. No, in the same the way that I is, want a woman who goes in for, is... a, for an abortion should uh-huh. have to look at an ultrasound. Sure. And I, and I think that you should see things on the other end as well. I think in that case. If you want to We're deliver a baby, then about... no, no, no. you should We're see this is what your life about... looks like post-pregnancy. So that should be the justification. So in other words, the if justification... your life is going to be, then you shouldn't have had sex. The justification should be here are your ethical or philosophical arguments to justify whether or not it's good or bad. Not like, let me show you enough pictures to make you feel, because I can show you no. enough pictures about literally a, anything. A, I can show you, I can show you enough pictures about anything to make you feel anything about no, a certain no. way. Really? We, what, what, no. Wait, no. what's one topic no. you think Steven, I could, no. what's no. one topic you think we I couldn't convince you of? If I'm showing you pictures. We are talking about whether or not somebody should be able to end the life of something else. You mentioned an amoeba. That is a philosophical argument. That's an ethical argument. You mentioned an amoeba. And we I all saw the one guy go on Stephen, I was at a, it wasn't Stephen Crowder, it was the Turning Point USA guy, Charlie Kirk, where he held up the picture and he said, what is this? And Charlie Kirk said, that's a beautiful baby embryo. And he was like, no, it's a fucking pig. So, did that look like pig to you? <laughs> that didn't, no. Okay, but so but eight weeks earlier, what it looked like. I'm, I said I was against abortion for 20 to 24 weeks. You showed me 22 okay, week fetus. That's or, a 22. Okay. Sure. But, and I also had a conversation with you two minutes ago where I said that most people on the left aren't willing to define the number at all. Well, good thing you're and talking very, to very me and not most that. people on the left. So if we showed a 19 week old baby, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'm pretty. In fact, I know because I have a baby and I went through all those sonograms. You're going to see something that looks like a baby. Tyler, do me a favor. Pull up a 19 week old baby. Let's see what it looks like. Because this is this is what I'm talking about. These numbers are quite arbitrary, and the, the, the bottom pictures line is, are arbitrary. <laughs> what the bottom line is, uh-huh. it is a human life growing inside you. I had it growing inside me, and it is a human life. Human life is not the question. The question nope. is: Is there an experience there that's worth protecting? That's ridiculous. What about a person in a coma? Never gonna, what about a person in a coma? Never going to wake up. That is, Stephen. It's ridiculous. What is it? Tell me, talk to me about it this. It's a human life. It's like the viability argument. We're not talking There's, viability. Oh, there you go. Look, I don't care about a, viability. Okay, Nineteen weeks. Looks like oh, that's weird. Looks like baby. Okay, right it into looks the like trash can. Little legs, easy. <laughs> Deeply disturbing what you're saying, though. And what about the people in the coma? But this is the result. No, this is this is the result. This the conversation that we're having right now, where it's like easy, we're not having a conversation. We're looking at pictures, no. and you're asking me to cry because of a picture. No, I'm not asking That's you to cry. What I'm asking you is to factually acknowledge what we're talking. We're about. We're not talking facts, though. Yes, we the are. Facts would be here's the argument for why it should be defended. Not here's the a reason, picture. Doesn't the it look really why, cute? The reason why I oppose abortion is because it's a human life, and I'm showing you that human life in the same way that I argue. Show me a human life. We can talk about the concept of human life. Okay, it's a person that you make that's growing inside okay, of you. Okay, so what about a what about a fetus at one week? It's a person that you make that's growing inside okay, of you. So what, what if you terminate a pregnancy at one week? Yeah. What is being harmed? You Who just, is being harmed? The baby. What baby? There's no experience the there that's, that's being just, harmed. They're not. They don't even have the brain yet to have the experience. Talk to me about the experience of a baby at 22 weeks. How do you know what the experience of a baby is at? Because 22 at weeks? 20 to 24 weeks, and that window is when all of the necessary parts of the brain are formed and communicating so you're with making each other. A, you're making a decision based on how much of the baby is formed to decide whether or not the baby should be murdered. But it's a baby. It's still a baby. At two weeks old, at three weeks old, at four weeks old, it's a baby. How much of the baby should it be murdered? Well, let me ask you do a question. we want to beg the question Let's any ask, harder? Okay, let me ask you a question. So when do you approve you, holocausting infinite amounts of no, children, you, innocent children? Like, this is of absurd. course I'm not going to answer. The question is, is, What would happen to the baby if you didn't murder the baby? Would it turn to a full-term baby, odds are? The fact that you're asking me what would happen if you didn't do a thing proves that that thing isn't worth protecting. You have to wait for it to turn into something else. So my question to you is, again, who is being harmed when you terminate a 10 That's cell fetus. That's the same argument that people make who say the baby's not viable outside the womb. I'm not so making a viability argument. It's the same argument. I'm not, it's not the same it's argument. It's the same argument because they'll, they'll say, it's. you're saying, 
that its brain is not, they're not having an experience. There's no harm. There's no one that you're harming. Yes. That's ridiculous. Well, who's being harmed then when you have the tens of the baby? What what is a human life that's informed? But they have no, they have no mind. They have no concept of themselves. They have no sense of being. They have nothing. It's ridiculous. You think the 10 cell thing is absurd. Looking around with the one cell eye. I had a baby. Yes, I I had a baby too. The baby lived inside my body. Okay. I went in. I felt I him kicking a little bit. The belly button popped he out. He my body. flew out of the mother. I had a baby who had a personality yeah. very early on. Okay, that the yep. sonogram, you know the sonograms? You go in for the sonograms and mm-hmm. the, there's a light that shines. And my yeah, little man. Yeah, you do the little jelly for the ultrasounds. Like and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a baby. So th- that is at what t- all at I'm at, at one week? Is it all a baby? I'm simply, what I'm, it's a growing baby. It's growing. So it's not there yet. It's not there yet. No, and you know what? Guess what? At almost two delivery, it's not there yet either. And when it pops out, sometimes they have to make it cough and they have to do something to make sure that the baby's okay and it's not there yet. It is and very take, clearly there. And at, also at if you six, take seven, the baby months, outside it is the very body, clearly there. that was making the viability argument. We're not making the viability argument. People I don't are. Know who are. Who, people which are. People, in chat? In, are they, hey, are they making the argument in chat? People make it all the time. <laughs> no, just viability saying. is the argument that gets made all the time. Yeah. But regardless, we're not talking about viability. If it's, we're going to have a... Pro- mm-hmm. But listen, I understand where you're coming from. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I do. I understand there are many people with your... Line of thinking. There aren't very many people with my line yes, of thinking. They're are. making bad arguments like the viability no, argument, no, which no. is garbage. They make arguments about twenty. They they delineately. Let's say they okay. delineate twenty two weeks, whatever it is. That's gotcha. that was that was originally the number that was used. What I should be doing is the one with the least sad looking picture, though. That's no. the best. No, but you should look at a baby and say. <laughs> I need to be able to say, look at one at twelve weeks, and then that's because the one that baby. looks like the dolphin embryo. I'm like, that looks like baby. So we can't live in a world of delusion. We cannot live in a, a world, world of delusion. Is saying it's a life worth protecting because it looks like a particular thing. It's a baby. It doesn't look like a baby. It is a baby. What if I showed you a baby that was yeah. delivered and had no brain? Is that a baby that's worth protecting? Would I tell you to, if the baby was delivered with no brain, it, it has no be brain. Well, let's say it can be alive. There are babies that have uh, hydrocephalitis. You've got lots of water in the brain. You've got a brain stem. There was a woman and what actually. Do they they do, what do they do to those babies when they're delivered? Uh, sometimes they keep them. The parents will keep them until they, okay. I think they die when they're like so four. So, what or five. I, if you're asking me if I would advocate to murder that baby, the answer would be no. It wouldn't be murder, it'd be killing. It's to murder. Be fair, it's murder. Killing. It's murder. Well, we're at, we're debating whether or not it's murder. That's the point of the debate. Right. Murder is by definition killing is killing. murder. Not always. You kill something, it's murder. If you kill something in self defense, does that count as murdering? Are they killing the baby in self defense? I'm not asking. We're asking if the killing That's is justified or not. Okay. Murder is by definition it's unjustified silly. killing. It's, it's not ridiculous. getting silly. It's, getting silly. <laughs> it's not. It's silly. The de- if you ask me, is it okay to murder something? That's tautologically false. Of course not. Murder is by definition here's, unjust. Here's why. Here's why I think it's important to show the pictures because okay. Tell me. one of the arguments, and I had the somebody who used to work on Planned Parenthood. I had uh, Abby Johnson on here, and she okay. talked about what goes was on. Was she the behind person the doing the selling the body parts for money or? No, no, she was. She worked at Planned Parenthood. She was a Planned Parenthood clinic director that left and became part of the pro-life movement. And she talked about what goes on behind the scenes in Planned Parenthood. Gotcha. And I had her on the show, and I asked her about why, you know, why don't they show sonograms to women? And I, I firmly believe. And for example, this is similar but different argument. But for a long time, you know, I was plant-based and I didn't eat meat and all that stuff. And I said, and I did it for for reasons for animal reasons. I was very, very in that head when I was younger. And I said, you know what? I, I want to go and I want to eat meat. I want to get comfortable with this because there were nutrient deficiencies that I think I think it's very hard to get what you need to get when you remove meat. Personally, that's what my experience has been. And I said, you know what? I want to know what I'm doing, though. I want to watch what happens. I want to know the difference between humane and inhumane killing of animals. I want information. I want to be informed, and then I can make that decision. Mm-hmm. And the way that I feel about it is if a woman is going in to get an abortion, they need to know what they're doing. They need to see what's going on. And I, and what she told me is that they don't show the sonograms because they don't want women to have an emotional reaction when they see a baby growing inside them. And women, in large part, will have an emotional reaction because you will see a life moving around. You will see little hands sometimes. You will see little feet. And it will look like a baby because it is a baby. So all I'm saying is if you decide you want to get an abortion, 
know what you're doing. Go in there, and they should show you a sonogram. You don't have to see it. That's your choice. It's, again, it's your personal medical history. And if you do want to see it, they should show it if to you. If you want to see it, then sure. And but I'm don't. sure if you ask, really, if you ask, can I see a sonogram? Like, we don't do that here. They, if you see, you might get emotionally yes, attached. that's what happens. Okay. They don't show the sonograms okay, to the women sure. in Planned Parenthood. That's what happens. So <clears throat> the reason I showed the image to you is just because I, for me, it is Because you don't have an argument. What's, where's, murdering a baby is not an argument? No, that's a statement. <laughs> murder is wrong. You murder baby. That's not murder an argument. Is that's wrong. a statement. Don't that's a conclusion. Don't murder a baby in your belly. Don't murder, murder a baby. Murder is wrong by definition, of course. The question is, is it a human life that's worth protecting? That's okay. the question. So you know what? It, and we saw a picture, but I, if the it, picture's worth a thousand words. I don't know if it's worth any arguments. So but. You, you, are, you think that it's the job of who to make that arbitrary decision about whether or not it's a life worth saving at what stage? Well, we all, I mean, we're all kind of are in charge of that, right? Is it, no, no. Is it the government? Ultimately, is it it's the probably the government, I guess. Because Why? Tech, because, because we all have our personal moralities and our ethics, but we all have to come together and decide what's right and wrong. So downstream from our collective ethics is going to be our legal system, which is the government, right? So our law is, just, hopefully, it's codified morality from so all so let me ask you, so. how do you feel about the Supreme Court ruling then on abortion, um, sending it back to the states? That has nothing to do with uh, ethics. Those are really complicated legal arguments. Do you um, believe it should be a state, a state issue, abortion? Oh, man. Okay. If you want to talk about the Supreme Court case once, the Supreme Court one is complicated. I think I disagree with the Supreme Court case. Um, I, I disagree with the recent Supreme Court ruling, even though, um, even though Roe and Casey we're probably not the best rulings because I think that there is something to be said for the uh, for stare decisis for the precedent of the courts that when the court gets into the business of rewriting rulings that it's done 40, mm -hmm. 50, 60 years ago you've put yourself in a weird spot where all of a sudden the court can look retroactively and anytime you've got new people on the Supreme Court but these are legal arguments these okay. aren't really but right, I'm asking yeah. you do you believe that it's a, it's a do state I believe issue that it be in a other words issue? if mm -hmm. one state decides that it's illegal and another yeah, so state decides it's not is I'm that okay partial to the arguments that um uh, oh God, it wasn't Gorsuch, it wasn't Thomas. Who did the um, majority opinion? Alito. Um, mm -hmm. It was seems Alito? to be, I think it was Alito, right? I'm not sure. Um, it I'm seems to be the case to. that um, abortion is a far from settled issue in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. that we don't all agree on that. Like gay correct. marriage, the Supreme Court ruled one way, we're all going, we're all kind of gay marriage, whatever. Abortion is not solved. So in the sense that we have wildly deferring opinions on abortion in the United States, Personally, I feel like that's probably best left to local levels to sort out how we feel about that. Okay, so, so we I agree think on that's that. a state issue. Yeah. yeah. Not because I agree with the right to abortion, but because obviously there's huge disagreements in the United States, even 60 years or whatever after we've made it part of a right. Supreme Court ruling, there's still big disagreements about it. So mm -hmm. I think that it should be left to the state. Yeah, states. I mean, I'm a Tenth Amendment advocate, so I agree with the ruling because I believe that it was originally meant to be, you know, a state's rights issue and it was returned to its proper place. So even though I'm personally pro life, I actually do make some exceptions for rape, for incest, for physical why, life of wait, a mother. Why would you make exceptions for rape? Why not? Well, because because it's a baby. You would why. murder no, a baby. No, if it's listen. I because I. No, I'm going to tell you. I personally now. You have like I'm the worst somebody, collection of I'm abortion telling, opinions. I'm not telling somebody okay. else what to do. Okay. But what I'm saying is personally, like I feel uncomfortable telling someone who was raped that they don't have access. I personally, I, I struggle with that myself. Shouldn't that, that should be an easy one, However, right? Like, listen, rape sucks, and it, having a baby can suck if you didn't want to, yeah. but are we really going to murder an innocent baby because somebody else made the mistake of Well, that is, the, that, is, that is an argument that is made. I personally morally struggle with that one. Um, okay. I also struggle with, well, obviously, life of the mother is life of the mother. Of course. Um, and incest creates many complications, physical and otherwise, that that's just, that's a medical bag that I don't what feel... If, Question: What if, um, and this is, I'm curious, I don't have to find this, but I'm curious. What if you are pregnant? You do, uh, I don't know if they still do amniocentesis or whatever, but you do the test and you find that the baby has like Down syndrome. 
Do you think you should be able to board in those cases, or, or like I don't even support that test. It's a disaster. The amnio is a disaster. Okay. But um, why well, it carries? No, I don't believe you should. No, I, I don't. I don't believe that you. No, I. But don't. then why an incest then? Well, I. You know what the problem is with incest is. There's a lot of problems with incest. Well, there is. There is. There is. I. Here's here's where it comes down to essentially. Uh-huh. I mean, I could sit here and say I'm pro life across the board, but. Uh-huh. It keeps me up at night thinking about those particular situations that I don't feel like I have enough of a hold over. And I think that someone who's been through rape, it depends on what does that circumstance look like? What, How old is that individual? I mean, there's so many questions that I need to ask about what's going on there. Is it a small child? Is, sure. it, a, is, it, a, is it a young so girl? I understand. Is it an 11-year-old? I mean, that, that but becomes so But you have no so problem telling like a 15-year-old so that like you have a baby, it's four no, weeks old, I, but you have to, you're listen, done. 15, I would, you're having I would personally mm-hmm. encourage life in all of those. My, take life of the mother aside. Mm-hmm. I would personally encourage life in all circumstances where I believed that I could. However, well, but you would, you would vote for legislation making it illegal for a 15-year-old to get an abortion. I would vote for legislation that, no, I, I believe that the law as it is right now where it's returned back to the states is where it should be. No, but it, so in the state of Florida, you would vote for DeSantis says we're going to make all abortion except for when the life of the mother is harmed and in case of rape and incest we're going to make abortion illegal you'd vote for that law if it was up to a referendum so you mean should I should, should a 15 should, should a 15 year old be allowed be to get an abortion abor- no Okay. No, and and here's the here's the, here's where it calls comes back to me to the promiscuity because mm-hmm. unfortunately I believe that the reason that I don't value promiscuity and culture is because I believe that hyper promiscuity and culture has now made it so that we treat abortion as if it's an in and out procedure like it's nothing it's not abortion is something that should be very serious it's not how it's treated now it's treated like another form of contraception in many places women are getting multiple abortions a lot of times it is because there's carelessness involved you look at the number of cases that involve rape incest life of the mother they're actually quite small yeah, of course. it's very often a decision that just someone wakes up and decides I don't want a baby why did you get pregnant oftentimes it's because you didn't do something to prevent yourself from getting pregnant so this hyper promiscuity no consequence culture is a problem for me I personally struggle with those instances rape incest life of the mother because I every single situation can be so different but I don't want any blanket legislation that's going to enable anyone of any age to to be a conduit for abortion as a result of bad poor decision making on their part sure. and that's a I question what of what's going on with their parents sure 15 I just and I don't agree that a baby should be the punishment for poor a baby's never a punishment that's what you're talking about like, you need to be held accountable never. for your action here's your no it's it's a you can't you can't say that Somebody can be selfish and make bad decisions and, and not as a be result, punished with murder a baby. A baby. <laughs> but they can if they but were raped. But it's not punishment. That person has the option to have that baby and put okay. that baby up for adoption. Okay. They don't have to keep the baby if they don't want the baby. But why can't they allow that baby to have a life? So I'm not telling you to keep the baby. If you don't want to be, a, there are people who should never be parents. Sure. They don't but want to be parents. But you would vote to make it so they have to keep the baby. Or they have to give the, the No, they not the that they have to keep they the baby, but the they baby. should deliver that baby. And I guarantee you most of them, when they deliver that baby, will want to keep it. I, I mean, by the time you're at, done, but yeah, but sure, because most people that are slaves in basements to people for six months eventually like the people that are keeping them hostage. Makes, I mean, that doesn't. But <laughs> your argument is making a baby sound like a punishment, and I'm, you're I'm the one that's. But you're no. saying there should be consequences for your actions. You can't escape. Your... Where there are consequences for actions, mm-hmm. where you take sex seriously because sex is something that can have a consequence, particularly for women when it comes to pregnancy. It should be taken seriously because there's always a risk of pregnancy, and if you know that, and if you know there's a risk of pregnancy, you should keep in the back of your head: Do I want to have a baby right now? And if you don't, you probably should shouldn't be having sex with that person or have sex with someone where if you do have a baby and it happens you're okay with having that baby because a child shouldn't have to suffer as a result of your decision making that's all I'm saying cool. a baby is never a punishment though ever a punishment I mean I I just can't even like think about it like that it's insane to me but regardless yes somebody should have their baby and give it up for adoption if they don't want to be a mom okay many options
Okay, I want to ask you quickly about the, um, this is the last one we'll do today. Mm-hmm. The national divorce, I think is a really, really interesting conversation. Uh, I remember this being brought up to me a few years ago, and I was always someone who didn't support that. You know, I would say, listen, we all have to figure out a way to have a conversation with each other. We all have to be able to, not that we have to agree, but we should be able to sit down. We're one country, you know, under God, all this stuff. And it was, that's just how I felt about it for a very long time. And now I, I hear it and I really feel that there are a lot of policies of the left that are so extremely damaging that I don't want them becoming the, like reframing what this country is. And I'm starting to get behind like, hey, the, the, the left and the right see the world so fundamentally differently in 2022. It's not just a conversation, a political conversation about taxes or you know regulation or green energy. It's very deeply personal about these woke policies, about you know gender uh, activism when it comes to kids, about school choice, about that. I can see how people would say, maybe we're just too different to be one, and am I worried that the policies of the other will infiltrate the country at large? We see the world very differently, so I think it's an interesting, do you support that in any way? Could you see a world where, forget about whether it will happen, Mm -hmm. but is that the right path in some respects? Okay, this is a valuable lesson I learned in a video game. I played a video game, I had a large group of people that I managed in the video game. And sometimes in that game, we had to make a decision about what was the next type of spaceship we were going to fly. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to have like a few people in the leadership be like, we're going to make this spaceship. Like, let's just do that. And that'd be awesome. And there was a lesson that I learned. Somebody suggested me this idea. And he said, anytime you want to do a particular thing, you should appoint at least one person on the other end to make arguments against it. Mm-hmm. And I found that when we went to do things in the future, it was always a really good idea. Because what would happen is, is if everybody wants to do one thing, you can very quickly get lost in this where you go farther and farther and farther, you're like, whatever. And you need one person on the other end there to kind of keep you grounded. Mm-hmm. Because at the very least, even if you ultimately go in that direction, at least they're like, well, at least consider this, remember that, or like, don't forget to factor in this thing. At least they're there to kind of hold you to right. Yeah. So something that's happened in U.S. politics and in worldwide, and I think the Internet has contributed a lot to this, is in, in some ways we've become so ideologically homogenous in the country. It feels like we're getting more and more different. But I think what's actually happening is two groups are forming that are becoming more and more the same where the right is completely pulled away from the left, the left is completely pulled away from the right, and now on the right, they're having these conversations that are fucking wild to me. And on the left, they're having these, like on the right, it's like our election was stolen, the vaccine is, you think, mind control or whatever. And on the left, it's like- I didn't say that, um, I just didn't want it. And then on the left, it's, you know, like people are trans at two years old, and, you know, trans women and cis women are the exact same competition, and uh, we should have 55 an hour minimum wage. Like, And there's there's no more, um, I notice this the most with the minimum wage argument, that when we were all kind of like here for minimum wage like 15 an hour 15 an hour 15, maybe 12 an hour no 15 an hour 15 an hour but now that they've like totally fractured people are like 15 an hour is slave labor 25 mm-hmm. an hour is the starting point i was like oh my god wait, wait, what happened to the conversation there but you're only surrounded by other left-leaning people i think um you said something that we see the world very differently like mm-hmm. the different groups in america i agree with that but i think that like 99 percent of humans are fundamentally the exact same like most of us want to like work so that we feel like we're contributing to society, come home, have families, have a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Like broadly speaking, that's where we're all at. And we're gonna get into the weeds on stuff like gay issues or some social stuff. But for the most part, I think most people want the same thing. I think that as the groups have drawn out separately, I think the issue that we get into is people view the other side as having this fucking hatred for the for like their own people. So 
I can speak on the vaccine thing. When I look at people like you, who I would call anti-vaxxers or whatever. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Okay, anti-coronavirus vaccine, right? No, I just believe that people should be able to make the decision for themselves and not be mandated for... You use the term experimental no scientific, vaccine. Sure. It is an experimental vaccine. Sure. My, it's not? Not anymore. It's FDA approved. Oh, <laughs> just like that, all the monoclonal antibodies. Isn't, <laughs> isn't that convenient? <laughs> That's how the was approval it, process was it works. An, was it an experimental vaccine when it came out? Well, every vaccine when it... It, okay. it goes to experimental So then my stages. terminology is correct. Well, no, because now it's an FDA-approved vaccine. It's not experimental. I've been anymore. talking about an experimental vaccine for two years. It was an Well, every single vaccine. vaccine is originally Just because something gets FDA approval overnight, by the way, doesn't mean that it's not experimental. What does experimental a, a day, mean? Is experimental so simple, day, I don't like the it? The day of difference? So the FDA approves it, and it was an experimental vaccine yesterday, but today it's not? What makes it that, not experimental? Experimental is a no, human no, concept. No. Yes, it's experimental, no. but and then what when the experiment not, ends, we say no. that... What makes it not experimental is that it's time-tested, and it's not time-tested, so it's still experimental. Which... You know that like when flu vaccines come out, those are created mm -hmm. every season. Those all experimental. This is experimental technology. Are the flu is all experimental to you? The mRNA technology is experimental technology. They don't. There, are, there still aren't even adequate studies when on is it, it for many groups of people. Well, That's adequate. why you when, have. So when does the mRNA technology not become experimental? Is it in ten years? Typically, years? when most vaccines come out, it's years of testing. When you have vaccines, I'm asking that come you. Out for childhood when are you going to say that the mRNA vaccines aren't? Several experimental? years of testing where you have. So by 2030, assuming that you, everything's fine, you're like, okay, they're not experimental. Ten years of testing. Yeah, that's what that's what I would expect to see on a new experimental technology. I would expect to see because side effects don't don't unfold overnight. Some do. Well, for vaccines, it's two months. About you're not going to see a side effect twelve months later. The vaccine that's doesn't absurd. say anybody. That's, well, that's that's actually not medically accurate. But carry that on. is absolutely medically accurate. Not but true. Um, that's why they do on childhood vaccines. That's why on other vaccines they have extended testing for. They, of course, we always look for extended testing for right. any so vaccine that's, that's, that's been FDA approved. Wait, they, bottom line, listen. Okay, wait. Whether, no way. No, 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 no. Whether I want, whether I chose to get the vaccine or not, sure. labeling it experimental is accurate. It's experimental vaccine. Okay. Take it or not. But that is not my position. My position gotcha. is you should be able to. I don't care if somebody wants to inject themselves with arsenic. By the way, it's okay. up to them. I understand. What about drugs? Up to them. Cool. Okay. Okay. When I look at your position, okay, yeah. I'm hoping, I'm 99% sure that you are thinking in your mind that this is the best thing for most of the people in the country, that people ought to have the right to do this thing. You're not thinking like, I want to fuck some people over or I, you know, no. I hate these blah, blah, blah. I'm you thinking think, yeah. you should be able to make the decision for yourself. Sure. And then the people on the left who get a little bit crazy and are like, I want up to, you know, I want children, everybody vaccinated, mandatory, blah, 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 blah. Even if there is evidence showing like, oh, you know, for young boys, do we, is, the, is it worth the risk? I don't know. You know, right. um, I, I have to assume that they also want what's best for the country, that they want what's best for people. They think that they have the right answer, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't start from a place where you genuinely believe everybody is coming from the best of intentions, that they have like the best of, at least the voters, mm -hmm. um, I can understand thinking that like maybe for some businesses they've got like misincentives or misaligned incentives, but at least for the voters, if you don't start from there, everything is already lost. You have to assume that when I'm talking to a guy that says that gay marriage should be illegal and it's horrible, blah, 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 the reason why he's saying that is because thinks, he thinks that certain LGBT issues are toxic or corrosive right. to the fabric of the country. He must believe it, yeah. So, so fundamentally believing that people are good. Yeah. We we have As to believe that. And I think that part of that belief is having these interactions with each other, right? You know, I can see somebody with a Blue Lives Matter, you know, Back the Blue, MAGA, all this, blah, 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 blah. And I can say the person, think, you know, they're not necessarily a horrible person because my mom is like that. She's a Cuban and I know my mom. My mom is not a hateful, right. evil, horrible person, but she's also an insane fucking Trump supporter, okay? But it's not because she hates liberals and she hates but the country. But that's not where we are in 2022, I understand, but that, well, that's what I, that's that's, I'm talking that's, to you, that's right? That's what I'm, yeah. No, that's great. You know, I could walk away here today and say, you know, Steven seems like a nice guy. Sure, sure but a lot of nice people family. aren't like that. I agree, yeah. That's just not realistic, though, because people... It and has I, to I, be. 
think the last two like years, our, though, yeah, I really on. think the last two years made that so much worse. And it was just my experience, too. Like, it made everyone crazy, but it really just made it like you're the enemy in a way I, ha- I hadn't seen in my lifetime. Perfect example was like, I went on The View and I didn't get the vaccine. I was just a personal decision. At the time, by the way, a decision I made with my own doctor saying, this isn't uh-huh. for you based on your medical history. I wouldn't do this. You already had COVID. We know what that looks like. It was no big deal. This is my advice for you. That was why I made the initial decision. Uh-huh. And I went on there with people that I knew and had worked with and really just wanted to talk about mandates and my view that essentially I felt that this was a very personal decision because it was new and a lot of you know studies hadn't been done on a lot of groups of people. Just let people make the decision with their doctors and if you get it, good for you. And if you don't get it, I'm okay with that, whatever. And I was just shouted down on second one as misinformation by people who were at, I mean, one of, Sonny was at my wedding. So I realized in that moment, like, wow, we're in a dark time. Yeah. And that is the problem. And I think when you see, you know, cable news thrives on division. They thrive on screaming. I worked in there, you know, in that medium for a very long time. Politicians are always thriving on you're the enemy, you're this and you're that. So it's very hard for people to look at each other as not the enemy when that paradigm is reinforced everywhere. They turn the TV on, it's reinforced. They look at a politician they like, it's reinforced. Politicians can't win without being like, you're you're the enemy, you're you're what's wrong. You know, so I, I just don't think it's realistic. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. In 2022, is it realistic to think that or are we now at a point where a national divorce is coming so, because people mm-hmm. can't see each other as people so, anymore? This is, this is the issue. This is what I think is the issue, okay? Um, I am, so I'm 33 years old, so I kind of grew up with the internet. It started to become a thing really like when I was older than like 10 is when people were using more than like AL keywords and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then even before me, there... There's this feeling of when you grow up in an area, to some extent, you kind of have to be able to get along with the people next to you. You're going to have to make your, your views somewhat commensurate because these are the people that you see every day. These are the people you're yeah. If you have some insane fucking beliefs, those are going to either get weeded out or you're going to be the town weirdo, okay? Because nobody's going to be able to figure you out, okay? If you wanted to have sex with toasters in 1970, <laughs> everybody's going to know you're weird. If I want to have sex Not with in toasters, 2022. No, because I can go online and I can find the best toaster fucking community that gives me all the best models and I can have 7,000 other people reinforce their opinion. what if somebody opinion. identifies as a toaster? True. Just okay. saying. But, I'm, but the internet has given us, in some ways, this beautiful ability to find other people. And in some ways, the worst thing is that we can find anybody we want. Mm-hmm. And, and it's let us not challenge our opinions and not be forced to make commensurate ideas we have with people around us. Mm. Because a lot of people, I don't even know who my neighbors are, but I can tell you like 15,000 people on this internet forum that all believe that either Trump or Hillary is the actual demon spawn mm. that's going to lead us into World War III. And that I think is like the the key problem is how divided we've gotten yeah. and how uncommunicative we've gotten with other that's people That's true us. too. We so, don't communicate. To, and, to, and the fact that we don't know our neighbors is a problem. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big, big societal problem. To, to further that, because you talk about like the national divorce, if we did a national divorce, this is what would happen. If, if that happened, then there'd be another national divorce. Because here's what would happen on the left side, okay? We do the national divorce, thank God, we got rid of all the Republicans. Well, now you've got AOC and the progressives looking at like Biden and they're going like, why are you guys the new Republicans? We, you guys are then crazy. Then you got to do another split. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah. then on the Republican right. side, no. no offense, but like all the Daily Wire people are fighting with all the Turning Point USA people, which mm. fight with all the alt-riders, which Trump, fight with some DeSantis. of the Trump people. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 Everybody on the right fights, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny because on the left, we always think that we only infight, but I've spent more time at right-leaning communities and it's, I didn't realize that so many people oh, on the right. Yes. Oh, my no, God. there's a lot of, Yeah, and yes. the gossip behind the scenes and everybody. Oh, yes. All, yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so all as real. soon as we, so this is kind of my thing. The United States of America has been an awesome 
experiment, experimental, 250 years later, still an experiment, um, in that we've gotten so many different types of people together under one roof, and we've kind of made it work. It's been a little bit rocky at times, but damn, we're the biggest country in the world. We're like the leaders of mm-hmm. um, freedom and democracy, some people would say. We, we, we've done a lot of really cool stuff in a relatively short amount of time, and in mm-hmm. a long amount of time. We've got the oldest living constitution. We've done a lot of cool stuff. We have to believe a fundamental underpinning of liberalism, with a capital L, is that lots of different people can exist together and can find a way to make it work. And when we start talking about things like a national divorce, what we're really talking about is we're undermining the concept of liberalism with a capital, not like being liberal or conservative, but like the idea of like freedom of speech and, and democracies with different people living uh, mm-hmm. with each other. And that's a yeah, scary but most, concept to me. Too many people in the country don't even support that anymore. I mean, yeah, I know we got to bring them back to it. Yeah, bring them back. At, that's not know, good. Censorship. Mm-hmm. It's a disaster. That's Tyler, the question. I'm going to check yeah, in with go. you once more. Do you have anything that, for us? Otherwise, I want to I want to ask about 2024. This will be our last question. I oh, actually boy. wasn't. Yeah. So you said in the beginning mm-hmm. that do you think Biden's going to run again? I think Biden's going to win again. He's going to win again. <laughs> oh, oh Tyler, my goodness. He's just yanking my chain now. Okay, Biden's not going to run again. Here's why. Biden's okay. not going to run again. I'll tell you Another $20. what's going to happen. I got 20 bucks for this Oh one. my gosh. Okay. Biden's not going to run again because he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know where he is. And they okay. know they can't run him again because he clearly has a medical condition. I'm not going to say it's dementia because I'm not a, you know, I'm not a holistic doctor, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> not an but MD see how certified. I just, do you see how I went? Yeah, just absolutely. That around? Okay. So, um, he doesn't get enough diet and exercise. Maybe. Uh, well, probably not. <laughs> but he's got enough boosters. There's that. True. Anyway, so I uh, I don't think it's going to be him. But And I'm curious. I, I was going to ask you who you think it is going to be, but you think it's going to be Biden. So, but I feel let, like the incumbent say, advantage is like so big. This is one of the reasons why it would be really scary to run Trump again and for Trump to win is because he can't run again. You well, let me ask you this, though. Let's say it wasn't Biden. Can we just, just assume for a second? Let's say it wasn't. Who do you think it would be? Because everyone's talking about Gavin Newsom, and I'm just wondering how you feel about that. The, so it's so much changes in six months, right? Like six months ago, I think it was three months ago, it mm-hmm. was basically like gas prices were like $27 a gallon. Mm-hmm. Like I remember in... I think in Miami Beach, I want to say I saw over $7 a gallon. I was like, oh my God, it's yeah. over. Um, but I mean, like we've seen gas prices fall a lot. Yeah. Um, the economy changes, different things are happening foreign policy-wise, domestic policy-wise. Yeah, but if you had um, today, let's just say we- If I had today, today yeah. um, how popular is Newsom um, nationally? Because when I live in California, man, the opinions on him were split sometimes. Although I lived in some conservative areas sometimes too. Who, el- who else would it be? Um, I don't know right now. Okay. Who else are the, like besides Newsom? I think it's going to be Newsom, mm-hmm. honestly. I think it's going to be Newsom. I don't think it's going to be Biden and Kamala is just- I don't know what to say about that. Sure, but, it, it would never be calm, I don't think. Um, no, she's really profoundly terrible at you know delivering a message. Uh, there's enough video image. You don't have to trust me on that audience. Mm-hmm. Just go watch her. But I'm curious from your perspective, who do you not, who would you, from Republican side, because we're looking at really Trump, DeSantis. That's, that's what's going to be one of these two. Who would you prefer it be? I, I think it's pretty clear. You're going to say Trump, right? You'd prefer Democrats have to run against Trump. Who, well, who, for like political strategy, who would I prefer to be in power? No, no. Who you would prefer, like, you get to pick who Democrats get to run against, who they're more likely to beat. Who are they most likely to beat? Oh, man. Trump or DeSantis. That's who's good. I think they're more likely to beat Trump because I think Trump makes more Democrat voters mad than DeSantis would. Okay. And you're in Florida. How do you feel about DeSantis? Um, I don't like that very much, but. Okay. He's very popular here. Yeah, but I'm. Yeah, he's very, very popular. I'm no, very liberal. You, you know <laughs> I'm very lefty. I'm, I'm curious. Do you, do you understand? I have no. I just moved here like six months ago. So. Okay. So you, where did you move from? Uh, California, Newsom. Okay, so what's really interesting, oh, that's fascinating. Yep. You and a whole bunch of other liberals left a liberal rotting place and came to Florida. How fascinating. Mm-hmm. Why'd you do that? Mm, crazy. Why'd you do that? My wife really likes beaches. And oh, it's the, just the beaches? Well, it's Because the they have beaches, beaches in California, you know. Not that you can swim at it year-round. Mm. Um, the beaches in California, though, some of them Is that are why you way, came here for the beaches? Let's be honest. It's the, um, it is the beaches. She likes tropical weather, and it's the uh, time zone, because when we do video content mm-hmm. here, we can stream to Europe. Do you think that most liberals... Um, 
left California and New York City because of beaches and the time zone to come to Florida? I'm Probably curious. affordability is a big one. It's very expensive, actually, right now in Florida to rent. I know, actually, because my rent is really high. But the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, the over, it could be, well, affordability is one of those things. Tax is another thing. Mm. Um, taxes. The general. Low taxes. Yeah. The lack of support for the city. That's why they came to Florida. I, I don't know why any particular person moves. For me, oh, taxes I, are insanely high, and the city is not supported with my tax money. Oh, you mean in California? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, do you do you un, do you understand as a liberal? Because oftentimes I'll have these conversations. I with remember. Liberals. Hold on. I was born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska for 30 years. So okay. I understand. So do you understand? <laughs> do you understand why people move to cities that have low taxes and that have you know freedom is prioritized for its citizens. DeSantis, one of the reasons people came to Florida actually was DeSantis primarily. I don't think it was Florida. Okay. I think it was DeSantis because he was the guy that was on the front lines and he was battling a lot of the mandates. And people who were coming from mandate-rich turf like California and New York and were exhausted by lockdowns and mask mandates and vax mandates came to a place where they felt that they could just make their own decisions. That was really the appeal of Florida for the last two years. I don't know what it will be in the future. I mean, Florida has always been like the final retiree destination for a lot of Americans. Like a lot of Americans. My parents have lived down here for, I think, like 10 years. Yeah, but I'm talking about young people, 30s, 40s. They're not retiring. They're coming down to Florida. I don't know how many young people could afford to move to Florida. I don't know if there's been like tens of thousands or hundreds there's of thousands or whatever. Okay. 40s, 40s is a Work lot. from home maybe affected that too because they were able to work long distance. But why come to Florida? Why, probably because it's, uh, well, it's either Florida or Texas, right? Right. Because there why, are no why, income tax states. But why aren't people moving to New York and California? Uh, why would, because it's a higher cost of living, higher income tax. Okay. So you're making a, you're making a case for what I'm making a case for. What do you think I'm making a case for? You're making a case for lower taxes and more opportunity. I'm mm. making the case for, for the opportunity I'm going to, have is probably going to be the same almost everywhere because it's a federal well you I'm not talking about you I'm talking about people in general sure well the opportunity depends you're probably going to have more opportunity in California for a lot of things than depending on the type of job you're working there's a reason why it's like the tech capital Silicon Valley of the world to right? keep more of your hard earned cash though <clears throat> here's the point I'm making no no wait wait, wait. hold on to keep more this, of your money this, this, is the, this is the issue that I have okay um, before I got into streaming I was a professional carpet cleaner okay mm -hmm. it sucked I worked 13 day stretches I had every other Sunday off and I made anywhere from fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month. Okay? okay, and that was probably the time period of my life when I was the most conservative person. Mm -hmm. When I thought that if I work hard, if I do whatever I can, I can build blah 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 blah. And one of the things I realized is as I got wealthier, so many things in life became non-issues, things that were insurmountable before. So for me, it was anything related to my fucking car. If I popped a tire, right. If I broke a wheel, yep. The check engine light was on forever. Okay, yep. you put a piece of tape over it, whatever. These are things that were just destructive mm -hmm. to my life. And as I got older, I realized, hey, these things don't matter anymore. Um, when well, I had a son- them, because you, you had exactly. more money. Yeah. When I had a son, um, I was thinking, well, what kind of school do I want to go to? I went to a Catholic school growing up. I really liked the Catholic high school, didn't like my Catholic grade school. I wanted to go to a good public school. So I bought a house in the best public school district, because I have the money to do that. Right. When the coronavirus stuff happened, and there's a lot of people staying home, mm -hmm. and I look at like what my son does in the class, what he does at home. When my son comes home in first grade, he has an iPad that mm -hmm. is rented to them. They get to I know. take I worked in home. schools like that. I know. That is insane to me. Mm -hmm. And one of the most upsetting things that I could think of as a parent is if I was stuck in a shitty part of the city and I didn't have the opportunities afforded to me by my parents and my kid didn't have access to internet, mm -hmm. technology, mm -hmm. an iPod, lunch. And I look at children who are stuck in these shitty scenarios yep. 
And before they even have a chance to step one adult foot out into the into the world, they're already like playing so far behind. Mm-hmm. So when I think of like social programs and taxes and all of this shit in general, um, I make a lot of money. If mm-hmm. I lose an extra fifty or a hundred thousand, you know, it sucks. But I don't really care at the end of the day. Yep. But if that to me is the difference between a kid getting to take home an iPad mm-hmm. or to have a gym that's not leaky or be able to do those things, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that trade off. That's generally how I look at things. And so, I understand that for some people, you like the freedom to do what you want. Money, I like freedom too, and I do like I do like the low tax right. here. But the reason why I left California was because I didn't feel like I was getting there for my tax money. Mm-hmm. There's homeless people everywhere. A lot right. of the schools have issues. Like, But if I was living in a place like Sweden or any mm-hmm. place in France or Germany or these other countries I've been to, man, they got buses yeah. that run 24-7. Their cities are awesome. They got school. They got healthcare. Everywhere. I don't care if I get taxed all here because people are at least getting something for it. Sorry, that's my Yeah, right. no, I just, no. And yeah. I, I hear Go what on. you're saying. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's a fundamental difference oftentimes between liberals and conservatives in terms of what you think the solutions to the problems are. So I think people can recognize problems. Like you were talking about inequality, essentially, and income inequality. And that's something that's real. And obviously, once you have money, and you do now, you're able to afford a lot more options. You're talking about, you know, a luxury school. These private schools oftentimes can cost $50,000, $70,000 a year for grade school in some cities for kids to go to school. So of course, that's going to afford them more opportunities. I think I think where the, the interesting conversation happens is what's the fix? And immediately while you're talking about that, I'm thinking, well, that's why I'm an advocate for school choice. That's why I'm not an advocate for spending a ton of money on schools that waste that money and largely don't produce better teachers, better quality of education for kids. I want that single mom who's struggling to pay bills and has a child to be able to send that kid to any school in the system that she wants because I don't want her to be districted you know, by the federal government. But what do you do with the fact that these people can't drive their kids to that school? The best school for them might be on the other side of the city. It might be a 45, 50, But we're not even affording that option because oftentimes folks on the left shut down school choice in order to enable teachers unions, in order to enable this structure. The problem I have with a big government structure oftentimes is that it doesn't afford flexibility to families. Like I am a big proponent and I'm not saying there aren't great public schools out there because there are, but there are also terrible public schools and I want to afford that woman the option to send her child wherever she wants. Even if she may say, I'll figure out how to get him there. Can I do it? Yes, you can. You have the opportunity to do that. So I was hearing that and I was hearing, you know, we started this whole conversation talking about money and Mm -hmm. finances and you know, that what you just described to me was is my reason for wanting people to have money because money is power and money is choice. And you had said, you know, $60,000 a year, someone can be happy, but $60,000 a year doesn't offer the same freedoms that when you have, I don't know what you make in a year, but it sounds like a lot. You're able to send your kid to that school. You're able to make decisions that you wouldn't be able to make on a $60,000 a year salary. So I'm, all I'm saying is that we live in a world where things are expensive. That is a reality. And by empowering people to be financially independent, whatever that looks like and maybe that's you make sixty thousand maybe that you make sixty or seventy thousand dollars a year but you make a different choice about where to live and you live you don't live in New York City you live somewhere else or maybe it's you make two hundred K and for your family that's what works because there's three kids involved and what I don't know what everyone's individual family dynamic looks like. Mm-hmm. But money is power, money is freedom and money is opportunity. That's just a reality. So I just wish we had some of the opportunity without the money needing to be there. Like my no offense, I love you Nathan, but like you don't deserve anything. You're eleven years old. You haven't worked for anything in your life. Mm-hmm. The 
only reason he has the opportunities available to him that he does is because of his father. And right. there's another kid out there that is probably smarter than my kid, more talented, can do whatever, and he's stuck in some horrible school where That's you know why. they don't even have TVs. That's why and I speak out for school choice. School choice. His mom wouldn't be able to drive him the 45 minutes that, to the though. other end you of the. You don't. You don't know that. You don't know. And and that and that's also why I talk about community because the disintegration of community is one of the biggest problems in society because it used to be that we lived more communally and you would have a baby and let's say we talk about that single mom who has a kid and finds herself in an unfortunate circumstance but wants to keep that baby it used to be that you did know your neighbors and that families lived more communally and your mom your dad your aunt your uncle were close by and we don't live connected like that anymore and that's a big problem because there's no one to lean on within your own family within your own community I remember growing up and I lived in a little cul-de-sac and we weren't you know we didn't have a lot of money but everybody knew each other so if you needed somebody else's oh I'll watch the kids today and there was much more a sense of that so I don't think that for me the solution is not government I don't believe that government is this all-powerful all all do-gooder God I believe the answer is in personal responsibility personal accountability and the rebuilding of community as a support system for each other and if we don't do that you can throw all the money at a problem in the world and it's not going to fix it if you don't have a sense of of a shared humanity and a shared community so maybe we can agree on some of that this is the I disagree um, but this is like the classic tension between like the liberal and the conservative in the United States. And I think that the answer is in the middle, that the liberal tends to view problems from the top down. The government can put more money at it. We need mm-hmm. federal legislation and laws. We need to blah, blah, blah. And the conservative tends to look bottom up, right? Well, you're not going to need this federal help if you've got neighbors, if you've got churches, if you've got communities that can help That's you. Right. And yeah, the answer is there's there's a tension between those two things where um, sometimes, you know, communities can fix problems in ways that the government is never going to be able to help with. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need the government to come in, you know, after 64 civil rights and they need to say, listen, okay, racism in the workplace, we're not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. The federal government's taking over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I understand that like the conservative mindset is one that tends to be more locally focused and there are a lot of problems losing that. Um, and there is, But the answer is somewhere in that tension between mm-hmm. the two. And obviously being on the left, I fight more for the left side. But I mean, I recognize, especially coming from Omaha, the value on the right side yeah. as well, for sure. Well, I had a great time. I hope you did too. You've certainly made me think. Um, I, I think that's just something that we need more of in society is that I invite someone like you on and I walk away and I say, to my husband later, you know, he talked about this and I, you know, I disagreed on most of it, but this, this came up and I, I, it forced me to think about this a little bit more, particularly on the abortion debate. You I'm know, just going to have nightmares of that 19 week fetus being it's tornadoed not a fetus, it's a baby. out of the, oh, the fetus, and <laughs> baby. Seriously speak. I'm telling you straight <laughs> up though, that the, the losing argument for liberals on abortion, I will say mm-hmm. this because I think that there are a lot of people in the country who come from a good place who mm-hmm. are pro-choice, but I think the losing argument for that is minimizing the fact that there's something very real and very special that goes on inside a woman's body in the process. And if it's just like, oh, just kill it, no big deal, you lose because there, it, it, it is it is a person growing inside of someone. So I'm just, just keep in mind when you make those arguments, seriously. Gotcha. Okay. I'm just saying, you know how you could say to me, well, think about the rape incest. That's, you know, our job is to kind of listen a little bit too. And that, just saying, I don't think that's going to be a win. Okay, gotcha. Just saying, that's Thank my you. advice. Tyler May. Do you have any comments or thoughts on the show, Tyler? Tyler was very quiet today. He was just observing what went back and forth. I'm curious, did, did the audience like it? Yeah, they liked it. Okay, cool. But it was good. Uh, did really well. The audience was a big fan. Really liked Destiny. Do you uh, have anything to share? Definitely want him back. I just thought it was an exceptionally interesting conversation. Tyler's conservative, so you oh, probably twisted on. him up a bit too. Well, <laughs> I There were a lot of points in there. I said, God damn, that's a really good point. Specifically, the, uh, the university point where... Um, Rich people send their kids to... 
Well, no. The, the, the point you made about conservatives need to step into these gender studies because when there's no when there's no conservatives in the gender studies courses, then what does it do? It gets taken over and becomes an. Oh, that's a fair point. It's like, it's I think a, it's that's a an value, exceptionally interesting point. Yeah, yeah, it's a problem that I have with conservatives in art in general. Is that like all the arts are dominated by these fucking progressives, and I want there to be more conservative representation there, just so that like, yeah, it would, it would just be better for it to make it, it would, more interesting. Too, yeah, honestly. it would flesh it all out for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why you know the Daily Wire. And I need to make a little joke about them, but they're they're getting into like film and TV uh, yeah, and all so that good. stuff. Oh yeah. I've seen, I've seen all three of the God's Not Dead films. You I them? saw the Gina Carano one, and I actually thought it was quite good. I'm not going to lie. I did enjoy it. Okay. So I don't know. Cool. To each his own. But I thought it was pretty good. Audience, thank you for being here. And um, again, when I launched the show, I told you I was going to bring people on who agreed and who disagreed. That's what we do here. Hit that subscribe button. If you don't, Destiny here is going to get mad at you. Hit that like button so that we can have him back to talk about, I don't know, maybe we'll have you back after or right, maybe after the election. Um after or, or Biden maybe, wins? Maybe we could have you back when Biden doesn't run. <laughs> Let's do that. We'll see. Okay. All right. Thank you for being here today. I will be back with you on Friday with a solo show talking about, I don't know, some type of crazy. See you then. <laughs>